Salutations, everybody. It is Maddie here today with episode 248 of the Ham Radio Podcast. Carrick, I saw you chuckling a little bit. It's me, Carrick, with ACG. Well, I did because you paused for a second. I was like, oh, my God, he's having another problem. You paused <laughs> just long enough for me, me to be like, oh, man, this poor guy. It's just, just it's not working out. <laughs> Yeah, before the show, we were having a lot of tech issues. My my render failed for a video that I was working on all day, and then uh, we couldn't get the the podcast to start recording with Shadowplay like we normally use. And uh, what happened was I counted it down, and uh, what happens is when Shadowplay starts recording, it gets this huge like bar that comes in, and it was blocking half my face. And so I was like wow. just waiting for it to go away. <laughs> but I was like, I'll grab a little drink of water here, get Carrick on edge. You'll see see what he, yeah, how he re- exactly. responds to the situation. <laughs> anyway, uh, welcome to episode 248 of the Hammer AO podcast. As I said in the beginning, uh, we hope all of you are doing well. Happy Friday to those listening on our uh, early access, which is available through our Patreon. Uh, just a buck will get you there. Uh, I am nearing, personally, uh, a record high in patrons, which I'm, I'm really yeah, happy about. What? It's a, it's insane, man. Are you having the same thing? Like a, uh, a huge way boost? The same thing. Way the yeah. same thing. Yeah. I, I, I assume it's not only occasionally discussing it, but I would guess maybe it's also people being inside more. Yeah, I think yeah. so. And, you know, we're both really thrilled that, you know, you yeah. guys have chosen Helps. us to, uh, yeah, to, to, to be some of your entertainment, some of your distractions. And um, we're, we're trying our best and. Uh, yeah, more than anything, you're you're owed a big thank you uh, for for making the the you know the huge change in the economy for all of us uh, essentially just a little bit easier. So we thank you guys for that. Uh, like I said, early access for this show is available through my Patreon. Uh, there's Discord there uh, where we cite your questions at the end, and it's usually our longest section of the show because you guys are really active and participant there, and uh, we we have pretty good dialogue there. That's usually where the show loosens up from game news to just. Here we go. We don't know what we're going to talk about. I don't look beforehand. We Carrot nope. doesn't look beforehand, and we just we just dive in. So thank you guys for participating there. As always, you can submit there and and be a part of things. Uh, Carrot, are you doing anything on the Patreon on your end? Uh, yeah, we did. Uh, so we got Tabletop Simulator set up. We did Hero Clicks for about eight hours. Um, mm-hmm. We did Legendary and a couple card games to test it out. And uh, we've been doing a lot. Caught my eyes. Dude, it's oh, you know what? You like Yu-Gi-Oh, Dragon Ball. So yes, it 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 is like that. Except between games, you wouldn't hold on to your deck. You like you feed you recycle it. Um, but during the game, you're built. You're purposely building your deck of like if you think you want to go with Wolverine and Cyclops, you start to build, and then the Mm -hmm. and because it's co-op, and you may not like that, but because it's co-op, I like it because there's no hard feelings. Like if I'm playing with my wife, where it's just like. I'm not going to kick her butt if she hasn't, you know, doesn't know the rules. On the other hand, we play DC Deck Builder, which is sort is that of legend. Thinking of DC Deck Builder is fantastic, but my wife kicked my dude. It was like we were playing online, and she's sitting over here, and we played like eight hours, and I was so mad. I was like, "No, you're staying up. We want to play one more because I I wanted to win." <laughs> she was smoking me, man. It was ridiculous, <laughs> and it was like we'd get done. And I'd be like, okay, I got 45 victory points, whatever. She's like, okay. And then you can hear somebody counting. So victory points are like the cards you have in your hand and they total up. And it was like, you know, you get to like, you hear them say 50 and you're all, okay, well, I have 43, which is less than 50. So you can stop counting. But my wife doesn't like that. She's like 51, 52, 80, 89, 90, 91. And I'm like, okay, I get it. Yeah. You should try them out. You, I think DC deck builder and legendary might uh get that dragon ball fix 
for you. Yeah, um, I've been and not cost you a ton of money. I've been searching. Yeah, uh, I was just telling Carrick beforehand, ladies and gentlemen. You guys know I love Dragon Ball Super, the card game. It's it's a game I literally played every week for about three to four hours um, at a at a local card store. Like I just loved going and playing and building decks. Like it was just a, it was a good hobby. And uh, obviously, because we're not allowed in uh, public areas with lots of people, and also just out of our house for the most part in general. Um, I can't go play this card game. So th- I just, I'm like sitting here thinking, man, I, I need some type of card related hobby. I, I learned through the card game and then in turn board games. Like I, I love playing those. I miss those. And, yeah, I've been playing Monopoly with the family, played a game of life last night. You know, that type <laughs> of stuff is nice, but you know, I kind of want my hardcore nerd shit if I'm honest. And so, um, yeah, I, I, I remember seeing legendary, but I think I was thinking of, uh, DC Deck Builder. It's like gotcha. a big box, right? And and yeah, and DC just... Deck Builder is less complex. Where Legendary has a huge uh, setup time. You might like right. the setup. I'm not a huge fan. No, like if... no, I don't oh, like okay. the huge setup. <laughs> so, dude, DC like Deck Mansions Builder. Madness. Oh, you play that? Yeah, I love Mansions of Madness. Okay, that, so that okay, great. so Mansions. Okay, so Legendary is is much easier. To set up, but there's just more card decks mm. because every hero is their own deck, and there's like 52 gotcha. just in the base box. There's like 60, but yeah. with DC deck uh, deck builder, it's like 19.99, and you just take the cards out, you shuffle them once, you throw them down, and you're you just go. Cool. And it's a it's a buying game, you know, where you have things in your card you put down, which allows you to buy things that you can see, and you're trying to okay, build your superheroes. Fun. Yeah, you should check it out. 19 bucks. That's you don't like it, you don't like it. Yeah. Yeah, I, 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 one of the worst board game decisions I made was I bought this one called Seafall. Have you heard of that one? I have heard of Seafall, yeah. I yeah got, I've never it, played it. It's, it's really cool because you essentially, when you start up the game, it's like a permanent game. Uh, it's about like 80 bucks, which is why I regret it. Because you start it up, um, you, each of your friends get like a, an island and uh, like your own ship and everything that you do is permanent in the game. So choices you make that like negatively impact your, your new civilization or not. Uh, is all permanent, um, and and as you like discover new islands, you write on the game board like this is this is Manon now, and 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 you name it that, and uh, eventually the game ends. But before that, we read the rule book for like three hours, and it was still kind of confusing. And so it was one of those games where once you finally understood it, you were a little a little burnt out on things, and and then uh, the game ended up not being like super fun. And when you have yeah two other permanent members one starts going to college it just came fell apart no finishing it uh so was this a permanent one where so you're almost like leveling up characters like a D game in a way i don't believe there was no I, there wasn't okay. like leveling up it, it wasn't like that it was more so exploration and and oh gotcha. permanent was in the making decisions around the world you were sort of like on a ship exploring the sea cool. and, and finding I, islands and it sounds really fun cool but you have to have like you said you dude it's it, it, you can't you're buying with D and D you got the investment. If somebody leaves most of the time, you're not losing a bunch of money, but with like a board game, uh-huh. there's an investment of like <laughs> a, buy 80 bucks. Yeah. Goodbye. 80 bucks. And dude, <laughs> 80 bucks, by the way, is starting to become sort of normal, which is what's making me worry for the yeah. abnormal ones, you know, yeah. where we're starting to get into the hundred dollars. Yeah. Board games are, are way more expensive than I expected. Yeah. They're insane. You can they're usually insane. tell by the bulk of the box when you, yep. when you first lift it, if it's, above five pounds you're like oh that's why i'm telling you dude bucks uh, other than those two i mentioned the one that blows me away is called maximum apocalypse and it was a kickstarter game it wasn't super expensive the reason why it blows me away is because 
it's amount of replayability with completely different fictions. Imagine playing Bloodborne and then the when you reset it, it was suddenly Surge 2. Completely mm. different fiction. Interesting. And it, it blows me away this guy made it. And uh, that was probably the best purchase I've made. And not because it's the nice. best game, but it's the, you know, the return on your investment because... Dude, board games, they're rough, man. I mean, and, and yeah. they, they require yeah. money, but also people, which is two resources. I mean, in a way, yeah. to, do, to do a tabletop game, the same you're playing a tabletop game. Yeah, that too. It's like, I, I want to play Divinity, uh, the board game. They're, they're doing like an original same yeah. board game. And yeah. I remember seeing it at PAX East and watching people play it. And I was like, man, this looks great. Like, this looks absolutely like the video game captured on, on a board. And uh, it just seems like something fun. But I look at my friend group and I have one friend who likes yep. Divinity. And it's like, well, suddenly that, that viable purchase is now out the window. That's why Tabletop Simulator, it, I don't know how it's legal. I, it is. Neither do I. Neither do I. Now that you say it, <laughs> I, I I was playing I was playing Legendary, and I was just like, "How? Like, I don't get." And I guess I shouldn't worry about it because it's been up for six years, so mm-hmm. obviously they would have come after him. Um, but dude, Tabletopia, I don't know if you've seen that, is the other one. So Tabletopia is another board game online co- system, but it's mm-hmm. it's it's run in the web. You don't download. And uh, it's more scripted. So like Tabletop Simulator, usually you're doing the cards. But with Tabletopia, um, there's less games available. But usually there's actual rule. Like it does the rules for you. Right. And uh, it just blows me away because we got eight people together playing a game. And I was like, this is cool. You know, if you can't do it physically, it's a it's a good second. Yeah, it reminds me of, uh, pardon me, it reminds me of this site called Untap. And what you can do is for games like Dragon Ball, which does not have a digital form to play in yet. I imagine it's something that'll happen. Like if not soon, definitely down the line, just because uh-huh. they're probably losing so much money on no one being able to play. Um, but they have this, there's this site called untap. That's definitely like a fan made site. And you just take like pictures of the cards and you build yeah. your deck with them. And it, it sounds a lot like what you were talking about with tabletop simulator. Uh, but I think it's probably just because it doesn't impact sales as heavily it just gives you it keeps you ingrained in the in the game a little bit more right it probably if anything increases purchases because more people get involved and they're like hey that was fun i'm gonna go get this and play with my family or something like that that picture i just uploaded to you is a picture i took of hero clicks because i'm i'm taking all the hero clicks and putting them out on the board so we can play and um i was sitting there like looking at that going like that's 400 it's 400 600 worth of miniatures like it's somebody that somebody took pictures of and scanned 360 using some kind of really oh, high resolution. Wow. It's 3d. Yeah. Oh wow. I'm doing it's like these flat images. Oh my, no, those are full miniatures with movable bases. So in hero clicks, the, the, the dial is all the rules. So you don't need any, the card is just a, a addendum, but the, the de- all you need is that dial. So you could just bring a dude and a wow. dial over and I would be able to tell you what he could do. <laughs> and I each- don't know how that's legal. <laughs> dude. It, oh, there you go. That's exactly, look at that. And it oh is my like, God. They, and here, a uh, games workshop, which is the most litigious company in the universe, by the way, they, mm-hmm. they have not, there's Warhammer 40,000. There's, Oh, but yeah, imagine this in VR where you could like use the like, it, yeah, it's VR and supported. It and pick it up. Okay, fuck me. Yeah, wow, yeah. wow. It, VR, wow. I personally find it a little confusing. Um, okay. so far, I haven't got it down, but um, 
I it took me a couple hours to get all the rules, you know, because you have to understand how to twist a dial and all that. But once I got it figured out, um, that's the most complex of all the games, I would assume, because there's dials and stuff. Everything else is just cards. Yeah, it's nice. crazy. It's crazy. It's cool. Carrick, on the other end, we, we're talking a lot about board games. Are you playing any video games? Uh, I am doing. I can't. I can't remember. Shut up, Ming. I am doing a review, but I, I honestly can't remember if I'm allowed to say anything. I didn't look at the NDA closely, so I'm not going to mention that. People can right. guess the games. Um, so I'm playing those, but dude, I was telling you prior, and I, I'm not making an excuse for this game, but I'm playing the shit out of Breaking Point, and it's not, it, dude, there's, there's issues with that everywhere, but as a, we talked about it prior, almost mobile depth type of game, I've been having an okay time and i think it's because i know it's not worth anything so therefore if i put it away it won't kill me if that makes sense my you brain away when you want yes my brain it's almost like a relationship where you're not taking it too, too, too serious <laughs> right so right now she's my friends with benefits oh okay okay ghost recon breakpoint is your friend with benefits Pretty and much, how, yeah. How how do they treat you in the sack? You know, like that's the pretty good the question here. Pretty good. Go. No, there's nice. no friends, unfortunately. Uh, like I said, there's no co-op, <laughs> which would be awesome. But right. you know, you just I just run around and shoot people for an hour or two, and then and then walk away and don't feel, you know, burned. I I feel like sometimes in our line of work, you need like a bad game in your system almost. Oh, you I know do. You say you're having an okay time, but you need to palate cleanse. And just but like, I know it's bad. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Maddie. Because a couple months ago, I saw somebody on Twitter say this one game was the worst game they ever played, and I wrote back and was like, "Then you have only played four games this year, because, yeah. dude, that's not the worst game you've ever played. It's Which impossible." It? I don't want to say because it'll call somebody the people ah, will know gotcha. and i have no issue with the person but i was just like come on you know it was that mm -hmm. hyperbole mm -hmm. and by the way you and i am sure have done it i'm sure we've said something like that but yeah it, when you play a shitty game a true shitty game it, it's an experience that actually helps it at least me it, it very it, much helps me ground i think so too it, it, it or i think what's more of a stronger lesson is a mediocre game what kept this from being good good it yeah was like yeah. meandering the whole time i look at uh and i don't know how many people will agree with this but like the first game that comes to mind it's because i looked over at my shelf and i just saw the logo but I, I think of halo 5 like it had strengths but it really just kind of faltered like I, I was one of the few people who liked that new multiplayer mode i think it was called warzone or something it was like this huge yeah. map and they had like all these different things in it but i, I think there was a lot of microtransactions in there uh, so that was an issue um, I thought the story had a lot of potential, but they didn't really walk away from Chief like they had marketed. Mm -hmm. um, it just seemed like they they didn't nail what they really could have with the game. And um, so I, I view those titles as a little more of a valuable lesson than just playing like, what, Ride the Hell Retribution or something. Like, that's just hilariously bad. Or that's Rogue hilariously Warrior. bad. Yeah, that's like Well, I would comedy. say even Breaking Point is more, if we're, if we're going that far, Breaking Point's certainly more middle ground than some of the shit that like gene rain or something yeah. that I've played even after like the patches you think it's just it's just middle middle of the ground not even just bad yeah it's middle ground uh it's got a, a couple decisions that just like they where you you're playing it and you're like dude this could be good if you why are these five things happening like mm -hmm. why and and it's five things that if we all played i don't think any of us would disagree like yeah. i i just i think we would all look at these five things and say like the drones in breaking point there is quite literally no reason for them they so every 60 seconds to three minutes, 
you have to stop and go into camo because this fucking drone goes over and it can see you unless you're in full on camo. It's just dumb. Weird. And it stops you in the middle of everything. And so stuff like that. No, no yeah. AI. Like I said, there's nothing worse than that almost powerless feeling you get when you're playing yeah. a game. You're like, why, why'd you guys do this? Yep. <laughs> yep. Yeah. For me, yeah, that's it I for have, me. Uh, oh, sorry. Oh, okay, cool. Uh, for me, I've, I've been playing um, a lot of different games lately. I was talking to my friends and I realized, and usually I'm like very controlled with starting up games at the right time. Like if I feel review copies coming in, I'm usually pretty aware of it, and I try to, like, not start something new in the meantime. And so I was in the middle of playing Trails of Cold Steel on my Vita. Got 20 hours in. Then I didn't expect it, but uh, they dropped Final Fantasy VII in my lap. So obviously that becomes a priority. I really ended up liking the game a lot, as we talked about last week. Mm-hmm. Um, and I ended up making a lot more content for it. And then that led straight into Wastelanders. But at the same time, I picked up Persona 5 Royal because I'm a huge Persona fan. It's one of my favorite right. franchises. No doubt I'm, miss, I'm, I'm I'm picking that up. And so I grabbed that. I started that, got 11 hours in. Uh, then Wastelanders took me away. And, and like now I'm just switching between all these different games. And I'm just trying to settle in now. So I've, I'm, I'm kind of done with Final Fantasy VII Remake for the time being. I wanted to go back and do some New Game Plus stuff. But I, I just don't think it's smart because I'm I'm kind of caught up with Wastelanders now, uh, which I'm, I'm trying to play for my review. And then I am also playing Persona 5 Royal. I'm sticking with that, and we're going to leave Trails of Cold Steel until both those games are done. And oh, I gotcha. can feel a little more comfortable. Um, which may not do that game a good service, but we'll see. I was really, 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 really liking it, um, and nothing's changed with that. It's just that it's definitely inspired by Persona in a number of ways. And I know Persona 5 Royal is just stupid good. I've, I'm 30 hours yeah. into that now, 32 or 3, and I just am loving it to death. Um, it is such a superb game. And so going back to a game that's inspired by Persona from, like, I think it was 2015 or something, probably won't help it out much, but I just have to look through it, the lens that it is an older game. Yeah. Um, and I, I really want to get through that trails of cold steel series because uh they're releasing a fourth one in the fall and it's going to be the end of the series and so i'm kind of excited about that so i have a little little goal in mind there but yeah i've just been flipping between a lot of games it's been a a good treat because it's all just been good lately Um, trails of cold steel is a a jrpg yes yes yeah because it Um, sounds like a world war ii game so i keep getting confused because multiple people are talking about it heavy themes on war and politics for sure you know oh, okay. where I'm at in the game, which is the first entry. You know, you can easily see the the political stuff, like you know, a lot of social classes. You know, kind of standard stuff like rich look down on the poor, but it becomes a little more nuanced when you look at the party members and mm. who they are and what parts of the world they're from. Um, you use your imagination a little bit when they tell stories and word of mouth, so it, it sort of builds the image of something more grand. Um, and then you start to see th- things transpire in the story that hint that there's also a war coming between these nations and you're kind of stuck in the middle at this military academy with your friends. Um, so it, it manages to make you this tight knit group that is put on like a grand stage. And it's, it's really cool without being forced like, Oh, you're the protagonist. So no doubt you're here. Like it makes sense how you get involved in the bigger picture. You don't just happen to land in a war. And so, gotcha. I, I I like it for that. It's it's much more I don't want to say much more mature, but it's it's really grounded in a sense of odd realism almost. Like uh, you can really believe the universe, I guess. Who makes um, this one? Falcom, I think, is the developer. 
Um, yeah, and they're definitely not one of my favorite developers. Like, they made, uh, I think it was called Tokyo Xanadu or something, which I do not like. That game stinks. And so, um, or they helped work on it. I might be incorrect on that. I, maybe they're publishing it. I think Xseed is publishing it, though. Uh, oh. But still, I, I'm pretty sure it's Falcom, and I, I've not been a fan of their games. But I also think it's because when I played Trails of Cold Steel the first time, I was 18. And I can confidently say I definitely wasn't as tuned in as a critic as I am now five years right. later. So, yeah, it's been a it's been a good time. And uh, hopefully uh, this weekend... Um, going to have some days off and i'll be able to really just give persona some attention which is what i've wanted to do playing random games is always sort of cool to just bounce around yeah yeah i mean that's kind of the you're, you're trying to look for bright spots right amidst all that's happening and, and kind of one of the small yeah. minor luxurious mind you bright spots has been knowing that there's a chance to kind of tap into the backlog and and play older games and talk about older games and have it be relevant for once. We're always talking about what's next, what's new, and there's still a bit yeah. of that. But it's for the first time in my channel, like with Final Fantasy VII and then with Wasteland, I said Wastelanders, Wastelanders, uh, I've actually been able to just settle down for a little bit and just talk about them for a decent period of time, and I'm I'm really happy about that. That's kind of one of the, the nice things about it. Normally, I'm just, what's next? What's new? So... That is indeed good. All right. Shall we get into the news, my friend? Yes, indeed. All right. Cool. Today, we're talking about the PS5 to lead things off. Um, I had said since, I believe it was February, that I truly don't think the PS5 is coming out this year. At first, uh, it was because uh, I questioned it, I should say, because of uh, the shortage of parts and the competition between the parts uh, that PlayStation was experiencing. Um, and now, well, plus the outbreak, I should also, also mention that. But now there's been a new report coming in through Bloomberg that we're going to read the uh, Game Informer summary of, of what's happening with that supply of PS5 and, and get into a little next-gen discussion. Uh, Bloomberg is reporting that Sony will limit the initial supply of this holiday's PlayStation 5 home console to 5 to 6 million units in the period ending in March 2021. In comparison, the PS4 sold 7.5 million units in its first two months. Bloomberg's was told that the uh, the constraint is due in part by the expected price of the system, which developers have estimated to be between $500 and $550. This price is due to the high-end components used by the system, which could also have scarcity issues according to the website. Sony has not commented on the matter, uh, the article also says, according to sources, that the price of the PS4 and PS4 Pro could be reduced around the launch of the PS5 to stimulate recurring revenue via PlayStation Plus and PS Now memberships, which I think is to be expected when the new console drops, yeah. that last part. Um, so what do you take away from this? Now we're hearing that we, we've gone from the, the systems being maybe not happening this year to now they are happening, but limited, which I don't think should surprise anyone. That was another theory we had sort of slid across the table. Um, I think there's more. I'm going to bring up Bloomberg's article, but I'd like to just catch your initial thoughts first. I mean, the when they... So we had Sega bring out the Saturn six months prior to when it was supposed to because they were um, worried about the PlayStation because they do manufacture ahead of time. They get everything in in, in store and then they basically ship it out um, so that they have enough. The idea of what they're doing 
it shouldn't really surprise anybody who's been in PC technology because in PC, sometimes you'll get like somebody saying, okay, we've got this new CPU. Um, Intel will be like, hey, we've got this new, and there's like six. Mm-hmm. And I don't think people really realize. So it, it will be, it does sound at least like they're saying for sure this year. But one thing that it does say at the bottom of that same Bloomberg article, because I, I, I have read it, it does state that unless Microsoft delays, now, yes, the one I worry on. I have yeah. there is in the history of history, I cannot remember the last time a console manufacturer stated pretty bluntly that they were worried enough that like, they were making their release decision based on another company. And I don't mean worried like they're worried about their power because I know nerds are going to get all up in arms about that. I mean, just maybe the amount that they have. I was really surprised they ever said that because normally that would never, you would never indicate that you're only going to release if somebody else does, but if they delay, you'll delay. That's really weird. Usually you've got your shit in place and you're doing your thing and you've guessed on their thing. Um, It's almost responsive. It's responsive. I guess it also shows just how nervous every single group is. I think Microsoft probably less so because the rumors I'm hearing is that when we start seeing commercials and stuff, you can bet that, yes, they'll say the price of the system, but they are going to push Game Pass Ultimate unbelievably hard mm-hmm. so that people are like, oh, 24 bucks is all I need for a console? Okay. So it, it, it's going to be interesting, man. I, I think it makes sense, though. You know, release five, what did he say? Four, four million, five million. That's not a lot, but... Five to six. Five, five to oh, six. I'm sorry, five to six. Also, yeah, I've lived through the Switch. I've lived through the Wii. I lived through the Wii U and their <laughs> lean numbers. So to me, this Nintendo. isn't... <laughs> yeah, Nintendo... By the way, I don't think Nintendo was out of consoles. I think those motherfuckers absolutely did it on purpose every time. <laughs> so I agree. Yeah, I mean, they've done the same with their games. <laughs> yeah. I think they sell for so much at like GameStop. They never go yeah. on sale. Here's six copies of a title, and you're like, how the fuck do you even print six copies, bitch? Yeah. Like, that's impossible. I yeah. know. Um... Let's see if there's anything else tucked away in here. Yeah, I just find it interesting that they would base their plans on someone else's delay. Uh, I I don't understand. And maybe you could provide some clarity. But for me, from the outside looking in, I look at the situation and think if I'm PlayStation, number one, obviously, you should do your own thing. But if Xbox releases in the fall and PlayStation comes out in March of 2021, how does Xbox getting ahead hurt PlayStation? And by say, when I say getting ahead, I'm just saying in the, in the long first. run. Yeah, in the long run. We've seen what happens, right? Like, we've seen Xbox start to bounce back ever since Game Pass. We saw before that PlayStation was behind on the 360, and then it was almost like a 50-50 split by the end. I don't understand why. I, I guess it's morale feels good, but when you really look at the big picture, why are they so desperate to, to be out first or to compete amongst one another like nintendo released in 2017 in march and i know it's nintendo right and i guess they're kind of viewed as a separate entity but that's just another console dropping and, and people were excited for it i i guess it was vacant too and in between everything i just that's how i look at it and i could be entirely wrong i'm not saying i'm not but i just get a little confused on this this need to compete right at the same time I, the only thing that I can think of is that Jim Ryan, who now runs the place, is mm-hmm. is known to be a bit more cutthroat than what's his name? Um, uh, uh, Sean, what, Sean, what was his name? Mm-hmm. The guy who, anyway, the Sean the Layden, yeah. yeah, Sean Layden. Thank you. And so my assumption is is that possibly he's like 
sort of the old school where he's like, you know, we are a direct competitor where Microsoft is like, we're competing on all different fronts against different people. So maybe they're just thinking that, um, like you said, it could be as much as morale. We actually were lucky enough um, on our podcast to have a, a ex Sony employee who worked there oh. during the creation of the PS five. And uh, he wasn't, you know, obviously allowed to say much, but in the past, you know, just sort of discussing things, you can sort of get the idea that they're not dumb. You know, they, I think they also, I think they know where they are and they know that like, they may have a powerful system, but at least PR wise, some people are trying to figure out like how powerful it is. And then there's like streaming is becoming a thing. So I think they feel the heat, which is good. Even if they're number one, they feel the heat. I don't think we've noticed them ever do that in the past. I just don't know if they know how to feel the heat. As in, I don't know if Sony, maybe any big company actually remove Sony. I don't even know if, I don't know if any big company knows how to handle the heat really well. They sort of crumble. They like, they, they get egotistical and then like, they don't really react. Like you said, this is sort of, sort of responsive. So Microsoft does the same stupid stuff too. The only one who doesn't really is Nintendo, but that's because I'm pretty sure Nintendo lives in an alternate universe where they're just smoking dope and think they're the only console out there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, right? I mean, they are the definition of just like pretending someone doesn't exist. That is <laughs> exactly describe it. That it, no, you are. They are the popular kid at the party, and the ugly kid comes in, and they do not see them. Yeah. And they would pass a lie detector test if you were like, yeah. "No, he's right there." They'd be all, "There's nobody Ooh. there." Yeah, yeah, and all the power to him. I almost sometimes I almost wish everybody do that. Um, yeah, just do their own thing. I get yeah, that. just do their own thing. But yeah, it's uh, it, it. Long story short, uh, you know that's sort of what Sony has to do uh, to keep morale and probably stockholders. Oh, that's another thing. Mm, Forgot stockholders point. is probably a big point. Yeah. One thing this article also mentions that I think we already kind of assumed, but now it's it's in writing. Is they say the uh, the pandemic has affected Sony's promotional plans for the new device, but not its production capacity. So they seem to be selecting based off that verbiage to shorten the production of the consoles. Um, but I think we can tell by the way they've drip feeded the news between the specs, the controller. Um, we still don't know anything about games, or we haven't seen the system yet. And obviously, for both consoles, we don't know a price. Um, but for PlayStation, they seem a step behind on unveiling things. And um, now it makes sense, I guess, why, uh, now that we know exactly the reasoning. Um, I, I don't know for them, like, they were able to have these mock-ups printed out for the controller, which, by yep. the way, weren't, like, the final thing. Right. And I, I don't understand why they didn't do, like, the console like oh, next to that you know the and i i know i've i sound like a broken record in this segment because i keep saying i don't understand this i don't understand that but they genuinely look like a super confused company and as someone who tries to like keep your eye on everything happening i just keep seeing these weird decisions and at the end of the day i i know for me as a gamer it does not matter because i just want to see what games they're making and how much i'd be paying for them and if if the console is, is worthy of those games like do i do i want to spend all the money to to play those um so for me, this this will this is kind of just mindless banter at this point. But you you want to get hyped up, right? You want to ramp things up. You want to see them succeed. That's kind of the 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 goal here. And I, I feel like they're just hurting themselves. Yeah, I mean, at least right now, I can't see it. This why this would help. 
Um, I think Microsoft has been so transparent that at this point you're just sort of, but see, I, again, I, it feels like, so they put Jim Ryan in charge. We'll never know what happened with Sean. It obviously, it wasn't good because he didn't even get a, he didn't even get a fucking cupcake and uh, it makes, dude, I know it, which admittedly, I'm not a huge fan of the, their bosses, but I think of all of them, he was the most artsy fartsy but still mm-hmm. a gamer like you could tell the dude was like you know let's bring a celloist in but at the same time we want spider-man i'm like that's that's sony that makes sense um yeah yeah i don't know dude i, I it just feels to me like jim i mean and he is known to be a more like sport bro so maybe that's his thing is, is like to hide the stuff i don't understand the lack of showing it other than they may have not decided fully on the cooling so because the cooling is such a big deal and right. Sony, they were uh, Mark Cerny was very open. Also, one thing I feel bad about is so and good. Mark Cerny comes up there and he's like, here's the PlayStation 5, right? Well, he's not the only one who has input in the PlayStation 5. He is the lead architect, but he's not the only one. Mm-hmm. And with Sony or with Microsoft, they're a little bit more. Here's the team. And sometimes I worry that Mark is the one, if if things don't work out exactly, you know, the way they hope that like he would be getting smashed, you know, if people are like, oh, teraflops or, you know, if, if, if there is, you know, some kind of weird power divergence between the two. I just noticed that a lot. He's put out front and center more than Jim is. Wouldn't you agree? I see yeah. Mark Cerny more than I see Jim, which to yeah. me, it does sound like Sony, but it also sounds... It's weird. It's weird. Maybe that's why. Maybe he's the one. Maybe he's like, hey, we got to figure out the power, you know, the cooling. I mean, we'll worry about the looks later. I don't know, dude. Do you think it's going to look like that giant flying fucking V? The giant World War II V that we've been seeing is the uh, in the prototypes? <laughs> I, I think if that thing got, you know, shaped up a little bit, it wouldn't look that bad. But I know I'm in such a minority there. It's not that funny. But That's a very small minority. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I just, I, like I said, you got to round it up. You got to condense it a little bit more, but I don't think like, uh-huh. the shape was that bad. It's more so what I'm getting at. Um, I, but I'm also of the mindset, like some people do, I, I, and these are valid complaints, by the way. They're like, I have my PlayStation in my living room. I don't want someone walking in and seeing this, this jet engine just sitting there. And I, I totally understand that. But for me, it's, it's tucked in my room to me. Uh, yeah. To console, not, not, an, not right. an accessory. I don't really care. Um, but I understand people's complaints with that, but it's the same argument I have with a controller. Like I have a silver PS4 controller and a red one, but I didn't buy them because of the color. Cause I also have a, a rose gold Xbox controller. Like I just want to play the game. I'm not looking at the controller. I'm looking at the screen, which is why I'm so game oriented. And I think sometimes to a fault, I could, I could stand to learn more about tech and stuff, but, um, not tech and stuff, tech and stuff. Just yeah. People are going to be like, what <laughs> tech and, um, but yeah, that's that's just sort of how I operate. So I don't care how the console looks. Uh, I don't. I don't. I just want to know what it plays, some of its features, its quality of life enhancements compared to the PS4, uh, what they'll retain. Uh, I'm excited about the controller. I, I thought you know DualSense looked pretty neat. Um, there's not much you can really talk about it now. I, I tried to you know make a good video for uh, CLS just talking about the DualSense and what's exciting about it, but you can't like extend that conversation beyond yeah, a couple of minutes. Right. Um, now, what do you take away from 
them saying that they're going to be sort of relying on the cut PS4 Pro and PS4 prices to get people in the PlayStation family. That almost sounds a bit like what Microsoft wants to do with the Xbox family, right? Uh, we don't know yet if PlayStation's going to take that same approach to their exclusives where Xbox said for the next couple of years, or actually I might be wrong on the PlayStation part, you can correct me, but I know Xbox did say for the first like year and a half, two years, nothing's going to be like like permanent exclusive to the new Xbox. And yeah, I, and it sounds like PlayStation's just taking that same path. That no, they are. I mean, okay. I know that people don't want to admit this, but this is the same thing that happened with the DRM. Microsoft was like, "We're doing DRM for the Xbox One." People shit themselves. Sony was like, "We're not." And then, subtly but slowly, within a year, they were both doing DRM just exactly like they had discussed. And to me, Sony will do everything Microsoft does, and Microsoft will try to do everything Sony does. So that. To me, that's what I'm seeing is they're like, okay, Microsoft is doing this. We're going to do this. Microsoft just has a much. Microsoft is showing their roots of upgrading from Windows. And I'm not saying good upgrades, but I'm saying (laughs) that they do have a tendency to alternate good and bad. They've always done that. So like, you know, depending on what Windows version, it does feel like they understand sort of how to how to hit it just right. They seem to just be a little bit ahead of the game, at least when it comes to what their plans are, um, which you could also just attribute to them being behind the game in the PS4 Xbox era, whatever. But long story short, they just seem to be ahead in what their decisions are. And man, I don't know. I, I mean, with Sony, I can never really tell what they're doing with the backwards compatible thing because dude, they've changed. They, he said some changed stuff. twice. Yeah. And remember Jim did, he was, Oh, totally against backwards compatibility and and even resources on it then he's like oh no we're doing it then it was like a hundred then it was like you can play thousands we just said a hundred and you're like what yeah. Like, yeah. it's a little bit more confusing but I we have till september right or well yeah. our guess is september or november mine would probably be november yeah that's that's where i feel it would probably land um it does say that suppliers are have started delivering components to PS5 assemblers who are scheduled to begin mass producing the product by June. So uh, I imagine they'll reveal something before then to avoid leaks of the actual console itself, although I think it's inevitable because Sony keeps sitting on it and eventually someone's going to just pop and just yeah, say, like, here it is. Here's the picture. Um, so, yeah. We shall see. Anything else you want to tack on for the PS5? No, I think I'm just pretty much ready for them to be out. Like, I I get... Yeah, it's weird. It feels early. Yeah, and you just start to grind your gears in the mud of the discussion over and over and over again. It's like, now I think I'm at the point where I'm like, I just want them to be out so we can Mm -hmm. play some games. Um, I will say that one game Microsoft is showing that the the Demon Souls-looking game looks insane um they keep showing like uh twitch little baby twitch videos what is that called mortal coil man i don't know what you're talking about that dude it 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 looks like i don't know how to describe it it looks like a dark souls but where magic or special moves are yeah they're huge if that so like there's one where i think i'm seeing this right where he like throws a dagger and it turns into thousands of daggers in the air like a movie, but it's done in a way to where you can see it. And there's a cinematic feel to it. Um, or they cast like 
it casts like ice and you can see like the ice traveling under the ground and stuff. Uh, some very cool things going on with that title. So it, uh, that looks cool. I'm excited to see, you know, the mortal coils. I think the mortal coils. Yeah. Huh? And uh, from what I can tell, I've only seen stuff basically just on um, Twitter uh, from the developer. And then they showed it in, I think E3's trailer, but that's it. Or not E3's. Microsoft. It was a for, it was formerly a book, I think. But Unless it just, just no 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 no. Hang on, give me one second. Yeah, Mortal I'm looking Shell. all over. It, nothing's nothing's coming up. Mortal Coil was a 1995 game. Uh, it might might be under a different name because it's say also saying there's a level in Thief called the Mortal Coils. <laughs> I know that's not what you're talking about. No, uh, but that that was uh, it's such a good game. Um, Hmm. Okay, I'll ask my Discord, but it's it's not called Mortal Coil. Weird. I know people who can look it up, so they're listening, going, "It's Mortal. Yeah, it's whatever." Yeah. The, the part um, of the podcast where you wish you could like scream at the host. <laughs> Mortal Shell. Mor- Mortal Shell. All right. Yeah. Let's see what this Mortal Shell game. And it looks like that. People are saying it looks like a cross between Dark Souls and War. Hmm. Okay, let's look at some and images here. I'm not usually into that, but the videos I've seen, the little snippets and the gifts, oh, yeah, these look little gifts. Yeah, wow, really sweet. These do look really cool. Wow, I'm definitely gonna look into this a little more. This looks awesome. I'm glad we went through all that effort, Carrick, and we found yeah. it out. Yeah, fin- finally found it out. People, all right, people listening are. Yeah, it's just enough, Matt. We're in Carrick. We're leaving. Uh, let's go ahead and talk about some cool releases happening pretty soon. So we've got World War Z and Jump Force happening on the Switch. We've got Crisis Remaster releasing on literally everything. Um, so I like World War Z. I don't like um, Jump Force. And yeah, Crisis is uh, one that I'm clearly in the minority on as well. Not a huge fan of that. What do you take from all these announcements? Crisis, I can't wait to see just from a text end. It's, it cracks yeah, me up. That seems to so, be what that, that game's all about. Yeah. The game itself. So that'll be fun to watch. And then um, uh, World War Z, I really like. So I think it's, it's one of game. the most enjoyable, just sit down, uh, shoot a bunch of bad guys game. And it's it's already got new levels and stuff from prior updates and now they're updating this and they have a new thing which is called the nemesis mode but not the nemesis from like resident evil but it's called the nemesis mode and there's challenges so for instance from what i'm reading right now one of the challenges and i didn't i i haven't got to play this but what i was reading was you in the in in you have to beat the game but the game stops you from sprinting Hmm. so sprint is is disabled in the game and so they can adjust game world uh like systems and then give you more exp for doing the game in those and i actually dig that i i think that's a very cool way of playing the game so you can experience it normally with your friends by doing the normal mode where you can jump into this extreme mode that changes each week and we've seen it with other titles as well but with world war z i'm just i'm happy to see him do it looked cool yeah when it comes to world war z that's dropping on switch may 5th so a little bit under a month away yeah, crazy. When it comes to, uh, um, what's it called, Jump Force, it just says later in 2020, um, although I can't imagine most of you listening are 
hotly anticipating that because that is quite literally the most all style, no substance game I have played in a really long time. I was, I was excited for jump force, but man, what a letdown from the story to the performance was trash and the fighting itself. Not that great. It's just nice to have like a game that combines all these, these characters, but oh man, just disappointing. But yeah, that Mm -hmm. one is to launch later in 2020 and then crisis we're gonna bring this one up get some details on that you seem the most interested in in that out of everything is that uh is that fair to assume yeah just because of the tech i want to see it try to run on the switch yeah even though even just the original remaster do you think that might have some trouble oh yeah okay so yeah so crisis just so you know it, it they actually still have issues with current pcs there's actually jokes D- really? digital foundry did a, jo- a joke video i don't know if it was a joke video but it was within the last two years it was like can crisis run at 60 fps you know on this system or whatever and multiple uh, because there's so many physics and stuff going on people it, it can push systems you can still get it to run well i'm just saying if you try to crank it up you can you can crunch some systems and i personally just don't see the switch having a strong enough cpu where it's going to be able to handle the physics that that game is known for because the cpu is where the physics are going to be run on that game unless it's like severely dumbed down i'm guessing unless it's severely dumbed down yeah which is possible so even the original is going to run the switch ragged yeah dude it's redonkulous how how long that game has sort of continued as i guess the premier technical test so Mm -hmm. yeah Wow, and it looks I, good still. I think. I mean, you know, not great. What do you What so. do you think of Crisis? At, like gameplay wise, like I I played a little bit of two. I liked it. Um, three, I think I played the most. Um, I think that was the one where you had like all the abilities on your fingertips you that you could. Yeah. yeah, and it just seemed like a game that was like a great graphical showcase, but I didn't really love anything about it. I liked Crisis One. Um, but it was long enough ago that I couldn't tell you if it like just because of the physics. I don't think it was. I mean, shooting was pretty good. It, it just the game wasn't as pieced together as the games we get now, which are just insane. Mm-hmm. So it was it was fun, but it wasn't. I don't. I certainly ha- don't have it on any list as like the best game of any year or anything like that. It's just more. Just it's just more there. Yeah. Just because I was I was looking at like Tech Radar, they say Crisis Remaster announced reviving one of the best PC games of all time. Like... Right, but here's the thing: that, that's Tech Radar. Funny enough, so they, they they are at times a little tech slanted, and what I think is going on is sort of like Final Fantasy VII, where the summonings happened, and everybody thought of Final Fantasy VII as sort of your nostalgia gets a hold of you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't know of a lot of people who think Crisis, other than the AI was pretty good in Crisis. But I don't I'm think sure a, a lot of game. people. Yeah. yeah, I don't think a lot of people consider Crisis some masterpiece. I could be wrong, but in my gotcha. group, I've never heard anybody say that. They have stated that technically, it's well above what was expected at that time, and that's more of the interest from most. Yeah, it says it's to be coming out summer 2020. So between June and August, we we can expect this. Um, personally, out of all these, I, I'm I'm most excited for World War Z. I yeah, uh, yeah. I thoroughly enjoyed that game at launch. It's going to be $50 on Switch for those who are uh, interested in that one. And it's going to come with all of its DLC that's come out since its launch, which is a pretty good deal. Um, and it's definitely, as Carrick said, just like the one of the best just 
pick up and play games and easily a great sleeper hit from last year. Yeah. All right, let's get into more announcements. We have XCOM Chimera Squad. You uh you like XCOM, Carrick? Yeah, I love XCOM. It looks cool. It does um the thing that surprised me was it it looks to be a game that's based around the one squad and not a killable squad. Um, but it came out of the blue, like out of the, I woke it's up only 10 bucks, right? It's only 10 bucks. Yeah. And I woke up and it was like coming out. It was the weirdest thing. I don't know how that sort of, maybe I wasn't listening and maybe other people know, but everybody I talked to, no one had seen any indication that that was on its way, but it does look to be more of chimera squad. Like this is the squad. These are the people, maybe personalities. Um, but in an XCOM world. And you know what? I'm okay with that because Blood Dragon was one of my favorite Far Cries and it's not a Yeah. You know, it's definitely Far one uh, I'm open minded to. I'll wait for reviews. I'm not personally gonna try to review it just for those who are curious because I'm kinda caught up with too many games now to just try to take on another review. But I like XCOM because of the choices you can make with all of your squad and pardon me. Um, the, the, the risk reward system there. Uh, and I just can't imagine liking it, uh, XCOM, I should say specifically, uh, and I'll get into why I say XCOM specifically just for like playing as a squad because the gameplay is great, but it's not like this is Mario and Rabbids, right? Where you do play as like a set team, um, and no one does die in that game. Um, but the difference is that game really, really, really evolved the movement of an XCOM game in a way that I hope XCOM itself actually looked into. Um, so for me, I, that like makes it a little more forgivable. Plus there's the, the universe it's set in like, you know, Mario's not going to get shot in the head and that's it. He's not coming back. And, and now he's out of your team for the whole game. Uh, that's just not happening. Uh, so I, I think XCOM has an identity. It should uphold. And I'm not saying they're getting rid of it all, but just playing as one team uh, just, it doesn't sound that appealing. It reminds me of sort of XCOM, the Bureau, where it's just this weird. Understand spin. that I think XCOM the Bureau is one of the best sleeper hits ever. Oh yeah, I mean, I feel like Mass Effect. You know, it's definitely not bad, and I, I, I love. Don't get me wrong, because when I played the Bureau, I liked what I saw. Does that make sense? Like you didn't like the game, but you liked the idea. It, it was one of those games you review where you're like, "This isn't for me," but someone's yeah. gonna like this because um, I love the whole 1950s feel. Yet aliens are there and it, it almost destroy all humans but but like a yeah definitely definitely at, at times combat, a little bit yeah. like destroy yeah i um i since it's only 10 i'm like to me that's sort of cool because then if it turns out you know like it's just okay well it's 10 bucks so that's a just okay price and yeah. if it's amazing then you're in luck and if it's terrible then you're like well it's only 10 so maybe we'll assume they weren't trying I personally believe it's going to be one of those things where most likely it was a little side story they want to tell and they could be setting it up for a you know for the next sequel where they want to move the fiction in a certain way because we won't know until people play it and review it like is there something in there that makes it not only just a side story but is there something that hmm. helps the XCOM fiction so but I don't know 10 bucks I'm just like ah eh, whatever if it's good it's good uh and it's more XCOM which I'm happy for cuz I love children uh Children of Advent or whatever it was called. Uh, uh, no, that was Final Fantasy. Um, oh my God! Yeah, wow. You, yeah, it's Final Fantasy. <laughs> wow. Uh, uh, chosen, the, cho- the Chosen, or cho- Children of the Chosen, or whatever. But the Something Chosen, like that. I don't know. Yeah, that was clearly. Funny, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, definitely not Final Fantasy. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, so it'll be cool. Yeah, we're seeing a lot more XCOM games. We also have uh, Gears Tactics. Does that come out the same week? It comes out, yeah, it comes out like the twenty, the 28th or the 20... I can't, oh, I can't see my ca- uh, calendar. But yeah, it comes out around the same time, which is why I saw some people, even in my Discord, were like, was this like a shot from 2K against Epic? And I was like, ah, probably not. <laughs> probably it, not. It, pro- just can't because just those... a game together. <laughs> yeah, you just... You, yeah, but... Uh, yeah, it's and that one from multiple sites, you know, I don't read a lot into previews, but when I see that many positive previews, it it, it I'm excited to check that out because a lot of people seem to be very high on that game. Um Yeah, it seems like the cool. perfect universe for something XCOM. It does related. seem like a good universe, yeah. Because your guys die, right? And that's your gears yeah. die, and you're like, Yeah, gears die, you know? Mm-hmm. That's fine. And it kind of reminds me of what I, we all experience when we were younger with the original battlefronts where you're kind of playing as like standard gears you're not as far as i know you're not playing as like marcus again or something along those lines and so no you're not you're not you're playing as a side guy yeah i think that's pretty good and you said like there's like permadeath with this game and i think with gears tactics there is permadeath i think but okay i'll have to look into it more because that's one that totally flew off my radar um, I remember when I first saw it, I was like, I like this because I like XCOM games in general. Uh, XCOM was really what like broke me into the strategy genre with, with oh, gotcha. uh, the first one. I played the first one on Evolved Systems. I played it on a 360, but I really liked it. I played tons and tons and tons of hours of that game, not even progressing the main story. Like I think I still was on the second mission, but like my squad was still leveled up and things around the world were getting more intense. I just wasn't playing the story. It was just a really fun game to play. Mm-hmm. And then two, I gave a, a raving review. I, I think I called it like a strategic masterpiece. So I'm excited for that to come to Switch as well. Um, that's yeah, coming can in. Can you May. believe that? Yeah, that's that's awesome. That'll be oh, you know, that'll be a perfect game for Switch because yeah, yeah. That's why I played uh, Phantom Doctrine on Switch. I made a whole like 40 minute Patreon video about it, talking on how I, I really liked what they were doing with that game. But part of what was the reason I picked it up was it filled the void of XCOM. So, uh, finally, we're getting that fixed there on Switch. I'll probably pick that one up just out of necessity. Um, and Bioshock. Oh, Bioshock. Bioshock on Switch. My body is ready. I can't wait, man. All three on Switch. That's yeah, going to be fun. Pretty crazy how much Switch has going on. Yeah, man. They're going to be the only console unaffected by this pandemic because everyone's just got to port their games. <laughs> yep. And that's exciting enough for fans like me. All right. Well, Carrick. We've done a good job getting through all the topics today in record fashion. All that's left ahead of us is patron questions. We very may wait. One of these times I'll speak without stuttering. We very well may get through an episode pretty quick, although we never rush. All right, let's go ahead and take a peek at what people have uh, written for us. 17 new messages. That's more than I think I've ever seen before an episode. Oh, gotcha. wow. Wow. Okay. Um, all right. Let's just start from the top with. Wait, hold on. Whoa, it goes even further back. Okay, let's start here. Um, HR Hodes 1518. Uh, I just played Daggerfall Unity for the first time, and it's been amazing. Wonder if, if you've played slash heard about it. Very much so. Yeah. It's um, just. Dag- uh, it- 
it's just Unity Engine running Daggerfall, the original Daggerfall that Ooh. I like so much. I was going to say, I know Daggerfall, but I wasn't sure if... I've always wanted to play Daggerfall, because I hear it's just like, you know, it, it's insane how big the game is for its time. Yeah, yeah. And, um... It has a lot of systems, but... I mean, Unity, all the Unity is, yeah, it's like a remaster in a weird way, but a mod, or a, not a mod, I'm sorry. Yeah, modders. It's like, it, cool. it, that's the cool. easiest way to think about it. But yeah, I've played cool. it. It's good. All right. Uh, Natural Calamity. In your eyes, what separates a game from a buy, wait for sale, or never touch, and compare and contrast the number rating system versus the buy, wait, never touch system? Hmm. So I don't have like an exact replication of your system. I've always done buy, rent, or pass. That was what uh, it was originally called for a while, and then uh, that that's sort of your thing. So I just I just kind of don't. I don't think I have like a patented system. It's just I tell people they should buy, rent, or pass, or what what price they should wait for. Um, but for you, do you even care about the number score where you'd compare and contrast that at all? Like for me, that's like a non-factor. Like I don't care. If, Someone gives it an eight or a nine. I don't compare it to my system because I think they're two drastically different things. Yeah, I mean, I've never in my life rated something on a like a numeric scale like that, especially mm. a game. It doesn't even make sense. I mean, to me, what is a nine? If I walk up to you and I say it's a nine, you would. There's no. I don't know what your one to ten is. And I. Yeah. What if I'm going one to a hundred and I tell you it's a nine, which is a shitty game, but you think I'm going one to ten? <laughs> yeah. So to me, it's value. Where it's like, is it value for whatever price on the day upon the review? So right. if the game is 60, day upon the review, what do I think? So, And then I don't know what compare and contrast. If a game doesn't feel worth it, it does not feel worth it. That's it. I, mm-hmm. In fact, I think the scientific part of it is what causes a lot of people to get into some weird kind of issue because they start to say, well, this game got this and this game got this. That's, that is correct. Like, for example, State of Decay 2 got a rating that I know some people question me. They were like, wait, you said to get it. And I'm like, absolutely. First of all, how you can get it is a huge deal. Second, yes. the fun factor of a game has to be taken into accordance, just like graphics, just like what, blah, blah, blah. And that if something is a blast, that's, I mean, we always like to pretend that we, you know, you'll hear people say, oh, it's not about looks. It's about attitude. Fuck you. Much a lot of it's about looks, but when it comes to video games, it starts out with graphics for a reason on my reviews because I think that people hear that right away and they're like, What's it look like? So I cover that, but then I end with fun factor because I think that's almost even more important. Where it's like, despite graphical issues, despite sound issues, despite you know, all these other issues I've put together, the fun factor is it comes together or it doesn't, and then you say whether it's worth getting, but. Numbered scores, dude, they don't work for me. Man, I can't even understand them anymore. Like, no, it's, that's it's why like I, a weird world. Yeah, I do a, a little mini series now just called Reviewing the Reviews of, and I'll just like go through, you know, like if I don't get my hands on a game early, then I'm going to check out other people's reviews, right? But sometimes you just look at the number scores, and I did it for Doom Eternal, and you saw like eights, nines, nine fives. But there would be like a nine five that complained a ton about the game, but still gave it this insanely high score. But they didn't really properly go into like what what was so fun about it, like you would in your reviews. Um, and and there's a huge difference between like an eight and a nine five. But the eight would be like coded in praise. And so you look at what flaws they mentioned. It's like okay, they didn't really touch on that too much. I guess that must have been what really pushed the score down. 
Um, I feel like the issue with number scores is it's too much of a feel thing. That felt like an eight. That felt like a nine. Like, you know, I, I just, I don't like to even go there, man. Uh, I, I would just much rather, uh, and I think it's a strength of both of our channels. We treat our reviews like conversations with friends. You just sit there, you talk about the game. We section it. You know, we orchestrate a bit better, right? Like story, gameplay, graphics, sound. And then we're just like, yeah, you know, if, if this sounds like it's up your alley and uh, it was up my alley, you should buy it. It was a fun game or whatever. Um, I don't think there's a real science to it. And that's kind of the issue with reviews is is there's an organization, there's a, a note-taking process, I'd say, or a way to attain data. But I don't think there's this scientific process of creating a review. It's just knowing the value of a good game, what a good game should offer. And when a game kind of rises above that, where it's like, that's a must buy or it goes far below it. And it's like, no, just don't touch this at all. I just, just think context is like, as long as you give enough context, you know, to where people can really get an idea of why yeah. you came to whatever you yeah, came I, to. I'm very convinced with my reviews. Like I'm honored if people wait for me to say like, yeah, buy the game. And they're like, Maddie said, buy it. So I'm going to go buy it. I, I don't even view my reviews that way. I view it as, before all that, you probably got 15 minutes of f- just straight data. Like I'm telling you about, without spoiling anything, I'm telling you what the story premise is, if I liked it or disliked it, what works, what doesn't. I break down the gameplay systems. I break down the sound, you know, what sticks out to me within fighting or or town exploration or what have you. Um, and by then, I feel like the viewer probably knows better than I, if which they should, if this game is up their alley or not. Yeah. At right. that point, my verdict is just how much I liked it or disliked it. That's and, all my verdict is too, is what yeah, I think. Yeah. Exactly. I just, that's why I, 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 if you will front load it with complete data, cause it's like, I want you to choose. I want you to yeah. not have me choose for you. I'm not you. So, you know, best based off what I've said, if that sounds up your alley, if it's not, but it looks cool. Um, maybe a score helps at that point, but yeah, good question. Holzer 19. So I just played through God of War 2018 and was wondering which of the teased mythologies, Egyptian, uh, Celtic, and Japanese, you would like to see visited in the future, or if there is another you would like to see. Personally, I would love to see Japanese. We already know they touched on Greek in the originals. Now it's more Norse-focused, and I really think they're going to stick with that. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think they're gonna, we're going to see it switched up as... I don't know where they teased it. Did I miss something? Yeah, I was trying to think of what I think he might just mean in the world's fiction, but I can barely. We're just talking about God actually a couple weeks ago, and people were talking about the story and loving it so much. And I did like it for itself, its its own contained thing about the child. But Mm -hmm. I wasn't paying as much attention about all of the mythologies as a lot of people were. I was paying more attention about the like the physic the kid. And like Kratos, um, I don't remember if there was an ending. Of course, I haven't touched it since it came out. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I don't remember if there was an ending or anything like that. But just ignoring that because they did jump mythologies to this game. I don't really I don't really want Japanese. I'm, I'm probably the anti-Japanese. Um, I see it. I see it in too many other games that I just don't want to see one. I know everybody talks about Assassin's Creed as well. Like, man, we need so. to, and I get it, but at some point, my brain sort of has disengaged from that. Well, so yeah, I, think about it, like Sekiro, Neo. Yeah, right. Uh, there's Ghost just, it's, it's really getting there's a lot dug up. Yeah, so yeah. to me, any of those other ones would be interesting. 
Yeah, I, I personally am with you. I love Japanese anything, but I think there's been a lot of that in gaming. Persona is another one that yeah. just came to mind. Um, it's pretty so insanely covered. It, it really is. And it's because it's such a fascinating part of society, mm-hmm. and it's awesome. Um, so I get why, but um, yeah, I, I, I think, quite frankly, out of everything you listed, I, I, I know you didn't mention this, I think they're just going to stick with Norse. I'm not going to get into why because it's a little spoilery. Um, and I know there are people who still haven't played it, but yeah, I just, I think generally they're going to stick that route unless I completely miss something. And like Carrick said, the game's lore. All right. Dow with the next question, Jesse Tifa or Aerith. We, I, we talked about this. I think Tifa is probably one of the few characters in the game where I'm like, damn, like yeah, my we wife talked about this. Yeah. My wife was like, damn, which that surprised me. But Jesse certainly does want you that's what's funny in that game man she's like which i find hilarious but yeah i don't really i mean other than being i'm really impressed with their uh graphical ability their ability to you know make people uh in a game but i don't even the idea of like scoring with them is gross to me i don't know i i think it's way too close to fucking a doll or uncanny valley so I would say Jesse, I guess, for attitude, yeah. I guess. Yeah, Jesse's a cool person, so we'll go with her, sure. I know some uh, people probably have a fucking anime pillow, and I just, that it makes me, ah, like the, you know, like that. <laughs> I think I have a friend who has a body pillow. It probably helps with, like, falling asleep. Oh, no, 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 I didn't mean just to fall asleep, sorry. Oh, I was, I was like, I was going there, saying, like, they probably oh, have a body pillow, there. and shit's probably happening, there. and I gotcha. Just, yeah, gotcha. it makes me dis- it made, ah, the idea of that. So <laughs> holes are nineteen. Do you have faith that Bethesda has learned their mistakes regarding Radiant Quests and will tone them down for Elder Scrolls Six and Starfield? Was there an issue with Radiant Quests in the last game, Maddie? In one of the last games, because I don't Fallout remember Radiant 4, Quest Fallout Four with Preston Garvey for sure. The Thieves Guild, I don't think was that bad in Skyrim, but that was definitely like a subject to a lot of Radiant Quests. Oh, you mean just a like the number of like they felt too many? Yeah, because the the thing is, is with the Thieves Guild in Skyrim, when you did the Radiant Quest, you'd start to see the Thieves because you're quote restoring their former glory, and you'd start to see actual physical changes within the Thieves Guild, like new treasure would appear, it would become cleaner, like it. It was rewarding to go into it, whereas with Fallout 4, they're like, hey, you like content in your content, don't you? Here's another okay. waypoint okay. to chase, and it was kind of just like menial. Um, I, I feel like there's always going to be radiant content in Bethesda games. I mean, Fallout 76 is is here again, and, and they do dailies in that game and stuff, and I get it's an online game, but... Um, I think Bethesda's well aware. I mean, there are people who have shown me their save files in Fallout 4, and they're, like, level 300 and stuff, and they're like, yeah, I just like doing Radiant Quests, and I'm just sitting there like, how? But I get it, man. It's just fun for some people. It's the only game they have to play, and so for them, that repeatable content's good. I hope Mm -hmm. there's not as much of it, though. I think it really dilutes what the game offers. Have they learned their lesson? We'll see. (laughs) I personally believe that what they need to do is, if they're going to do because I like those kind of quests if they're in a game, not the only thing, but if they're in a game, but what I would like to see and almost, almost no game does this where they inject them in. So you can't tell. So you, you know, you go to a bartender in Skyrim and you say, Hey, you got anything to do? That's a radiant quest. However, I would love it. If a main guy that you talk to, like one of the, uh, Jarls 
was giving you directed quests, but also had, and I'm sure they don't do that because they're worried it'll confuse the gamer and the gamer will run off doing the radiant quest. It's a priority. But to me, if that were to happen, I would say that's a boon to the developer that if somebody was able to play it for very long and think those were real and, and enjoy them, then that would, to me would be a huge plus, but that's just me. Next question comes from Mr. Potato Head. Potato Head, not Potato Head, Pro. If there was one multiplayer game you could only play, what would it be? Must be a current game. So I'm guessing you have like a gun to your head at this point. You've got to choose one multiplayer game to play. I already know mine, so... Uh, Go ahead. What would yours be? Uh, Smite, because that is current. And uh, it's probably the only multiplayer game I've played for the last couple of years consistently. So that'd be pretty easy for me. Not a challenging question. Sorry, potato head. Yeah. Yeah. I, I guess the only challenge I have is what modern means because like how many years is modern? Like I guess like year? a currently active game. Like you couldn't pick mag on the PS3. You like, you'd have to pick something that's alive. Right. right, now. right. So I would say most likely star Wars, um, national Republic. The reason why is because it's got the stories, but it also has multiplayer. And so, if I wanted Knights to of the do Old Republic, yeah, yeah. Wait, what? It, the the online Knights of the Republic. Oh, 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 star- oh, oh. Not, you said not, Knights. You no, said not, Knights of. Yeah, sorry, sorry, no. Gotcha, uh, gotcha. The reason why I would choose that is because it's got story. If I ever wanted to do that, but it has, you know, it's got its multiplayer elements as well. Um, hmm. Interesting I, choice. Because, like, I was gonna go with WoW, but I find their quests really terrible. So like the <laughs> yeah. idea of, of yeah. you know, of jumping in and wanting to enjoy because I've reread a book, so I have no problem redoing a quest. But I would want if I was going to, I'd want them to be good quests. Yeah. And I don't think WoW has that. Yeah. Is there a good me. quest in WoW, Maddie? Is there legitimately a good like uh, a I mean, a well done quest in WoW? Or I remember when I was younger, and I know I was much younger, but I still say this, that I was like an MMO addict. Like, I just uh-huh. loved MMOs. It's all I played <laughs> growing up. And RuneScape was my thing. And eventually, I was like, after four or five years of that, I was ready to move on. And I went to WoW, and just, it didn't, it's not because it wasn't RuneScape. I remember that's not why I didn't like it. It just didn't grab me. And so I would imagine uh, that's sort of a testament to what you were saying. It just... Okay. It wasn't as uh, the the combat was a little more fun, but when it came to the quests, I just I was not intrigued yeah. at all. And like I said, I, I just know it wasn't because of RuneScape because I knew I like okay, I played five years of RuneScape, like I I enjoyed that, but I wanted to play something new. So all I, I remember I wanted to like WoW more. Yeah, all I remember is going around with friends. I don't even remember a single, even if I was doing the 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 game the the missions, it was with friends. I don't remember mm-hmm. any story in that game at all, even no, one neither quest. Do I. Neither do I. I think a lot of it was about the multiplayer stuff, though. Whenever yeah. I see like streamers I follow good. playing it, it's always like big raids or things happening mm. that's cooperative. It's not like the the quests and the story. I think that's just for grinding to get to that that content that's at the end. Droop Snoot, what's something you've always wanted to do in a video game that was never technically feasible? For example, I've always wanted to be able to go up to any random NPC and have a unique interaction of some sort that would progress like any real-world conversation. I think mine would probably be, like, when you look at Skyrim, I don't want to hear tales of a land far away. You know, I would love to go back to Morrowind in Skyrim. Like, you know, like, within all of Tamriel, just... It's all accessible. Um, 
like if Elder Scrolls Online were just to fully open it up and sure. just go anywhere, God, that would be so cool. But that's definitely not feasible. <laughs> that's such a huge game world. <laughs> Something would have to be cut. I, I mean, his idea is actually, I would love to see. Yeah, I mean that would that would definitely make. I think that would be the answer for almost any game, right? If like if they figure out a way to do AI, you know, AI discussions, and they get it really nailed down, can you imagine just walking around and you know not really always knowing whether you're talking your, to an AI or not? Would your brain be like accepting of that though? Like if you were sitting there listening to a conversation, knowing like I guess a robot produced the. How do you do that? Right, like you have to have someone voice it. No. So I'm under NDA for some of this, but I have talked about it before that there's a company that I did the VR game with where Mm -hmm. they used. So what they do is they use a, so there basically there's AI voice sampling that occurs now and they can fill in words. It's crazy. So basically you can make somebody sound insanely close to real. And about three years ago, even Amazon um, voice had one particular voice. I think it was Joanna because I use it for uh, elite dangerous on my voice Mm -hmm. attack. And she sounded very close to real. But AI now can figure out what a question is and what an exclamation, you know, because that's what mattered. Instead of saying, how are you? It's like, how are you? You know, the inflection on words. Yeah, gotcha. So, um, I mean, I think most likely, unfortunately, Maddie, it's going to come to voice banks. You're going to have people selling their voice banks to companies. So like a, a William Shatner will probably do a thousand sentences like he's training He'll he'll make his glottal sounds. He'll make his like oh ah, and he'll he'll record that, upload it, and then a company will say, "William, we want to use your voice bank for said game, uh, okay, um, for this amount of money." And William, you know, it'll be cheaper for them. They're not paying for box time, and 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 it's fine for him. He doesn't have to go in. And I that I think will happen within probably five years. We'll start to see the occasional one, for sure. Cool. cool. Wouldn't it be weird though, dude? You just it jump into be. a game and you're it like, sup? And they're like, sup, how you doing? <laughs> like, it was just so weird. I don't know Jeez. why you became oh. Joey from Friends, by the way. Sorry. I have no anyway. idea. I have no <laughs> idea. His brain goes all over the place. Ben Jam asks us, do you think there will be any permanent changes to society after the C virus passes? Do you think more people will practice social distancing to prevent the spread of other diseases? Um... Do you think businesses will change how they operate so they don't go bankrupt slash close forever when the next pandemic happens? Wow, you're really far ahead. <laughs> Let's get through one, man. <laughs> yes, to all those. Yeah. Right? I mean, there's definitely I mean, going to be changes. It's a yeah. pretty long-term thing. Yeah. Um, it's weird. Don't, don't you agree that, like, I don't know about your friends. I didn't shake hands with my <laughs> friends, though. But I did fist bump, you know, you fist bump, whatever. I think that that'll become the norm, like touching a body part. Well, because in some nations, that is the norm. So like there's and then in some nations, you have the full body uh, mm. hand shake where they grab the forearm, yeah. which will probably go away. But I would assume we'll see. Yeah, it'll just change to a, you know, or you bow like China and Japan. Like mm. there's that's that's as formal as our handshakes. So, yeah, Do you know what a handshake was for, right? Handshake was to show you had no weapon. Oh, really? So, yeah. Handshake was like in a meeting medieval time. You handshake, you've got no weapon in your hand. They've got no weapon. It's one of the multiple reasons that was done, but that was one reason. And also to transfer. That's why you hear uh, some nations, if they shape, shake your hand with the left hand, that's the hand they wipe with, which means they hate you. 
so they can pretend that they're no they're noble they shake their hand with a particular they shake your hand with a particular hand and you know that actually they do not like you like that's in fact middle eastern uh people in the middle east are soldiers when like they're you know if they ever reach out if you see them reach out with the other hand they're like oh he doesn't like you gotcha. like they it's a it's a societal thing so yeah i'm sure we will we'll nod we'll bow We'll yeah. Whatever. Yeah. I think there'll be more subtle things like that. Um, I, I think when it comes to 2020, you know, pretty much any convention or large gathering, like arena. Oh, people, for sure. Not happening. Um, yeah. just even out of Gamescom, like, by, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. Gamescom, San Diego comic-con just happened this week. Uh, yeah, it just happened as it just got shut down. Um, yeah, I, I think 2020 is kind of like a shut in for, uh, any, any type of convention space or social gathering, um, which I think should be expected. Uh, even if come like September, things are, are relatively normal. Um, I think they're still going to remain closed down just because it, it would just cause another huge outbreak again. Um, the idea is just to, as they've been saying, flatten the curve and hopefully get some form of treatment out there that is reliable. And also more importantly, to relieve you know, healthcare. Uh, so that they have room to treat people. That's that's really the main thing here while we buy time for, for that said cure and treatment. Um, but yeah, I think when it comes to um, people practicing social distancing, I think folks are going to learn how to wash their hands more. Uh, that's something that's I don't think as many people did as we thought, which I was always like a clean freak. So like if I just walked out of a public bathroom and I saw a guy just like walk out of the stall, grab the doorknob and he just walks straight out. I'll grab the doorknob of my shirt every time. Yeah, like, right, right, just, yeah, right. You know, screw that. Because, you know, some people don't give a shit. That's fine. But, uh, you know, that's, I'm just not going to get grossed up in the process. Um, but I do look forward to the time, like, I can do little things like going back out to eat. That's kind of the stuff I care about. I can live without conventions. I know I, they, they are necessary and they will happen again. It's just like for me, I guess I'm embracing my introvert a little bit more for once and making the best of it. And um, I know not everyone can do that, but um, I don't say that in like an egotistical way, by the way. But I'm just saying I know some people just like need to get out. And I say I say that as someone with anxiety who like used to get out to to help vent that. Uh, and I've I also think that I don't know about you don't sound like this, but I do think that a lot of people who introverts were only introverts because they had the choice to be. And a lot of people want to say no. They want to be asked. And then they mm -hmm. want to say, no, to, I don't want to go. And you're like, okay, well, I asked you. Yes, thank you for asking. I have a feeling that's what's happening because I have a friend. I was telling the story where two times a month or two times in a row, dude, is all he'll do something with you ever. I've never got him to do three. So like a weekend and a weekend, that's fine. But if you tried to go like hang out one weekend, barbecue the next, and then let's say even a movie or something special, it, it just won't happen ever because yeah. he's done. Yeah, He's done. He wants to be asked, but he will say no. And now he's the one contacting me all, all the time. He's like, dude, let's do something. Let's do something. So, yeah. uh, I, I mean, I think I'm like you. I want to go to the restaurant occasionally, but not a ton has changed. I mean, it, it has, but it's more changed me trying to figure out how everybody else is doing their stuff versus me mm -hmm. so much. I did get mm -hmm. a little stir crazy a couple days ago because I think people are too close to me. I'm not accustomed to having a person during my work hours be near me that's one yeah thing I, I get that yeah no i totally get that like i just you probably at some point in the show have heard just like the background noise in my house like everyone's home and so there's no exactly like, moment there's no just, like moment yeah right yeah 
And uh, that's why, like, I've I've suggested to people like exercise and whatnot. Just anything outdoors yeah. is is really good right now. Just to change. Like, I know some people may be like, "Well, it's just my neighborhood. I see it all the time." But I'm telling you, man, like a change of scenery does wonders. Mm-hmm. It really does. Even if it's a little drive, which I'm not one of those people, but those types of things really do help. You'd be surprised. All right. Next question is more so for you than me. Uh, GW asks, did you or Carrick finish Outer Wilds yet? And if so, what did you think? I'm pretty sure you reviewed it. I I did not play Oh, game, not Outer Worlds. I read this and was like, why is he asking about Outer? <laughs> okay, okay. I got gotcha. you. Uh, no, and I am the same place as you. I found it um, strangely. Oh, I was the Journey of the Savage Planet. That's what I was thinking of. Yeah, I found, I found Outer Wilds... Uh, strangely un unenjoyable and a lot of people really like it but it's just when i look at it i try to be open-minded to anything and i looked at it and said eh, it doesn't really look like it's for me i played it and it did i mean i did a walkie or a yeah walk, like a mini like what is this game and then once i did it i went back for a little bit of time and then never came back again huh. it was just like that's not really not really my thing it wasn't bad <laughs> this wasn't my thing do you uh do you want to read your questions oh yeah, man. Let's do this. <laughs> Carrick submitted his own questions. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I said, uh, questions. I said, there we go. Has sex in games ever been handled well enough to matter in the overall story? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> I don't I think so either. I gotta be honest. Right. It's it's like a a component that people want, but it's never heightened anything for me. Even yeah. when I was like simping hard for anime chicks and persona, like even then mm. it just, you know, get getting that booty was not doing it for me. It did not matter compared to the overall plot. I just think it's a I really genuinely think it's to deliver a sense of satisfaction. Like you've reached maximum rank. You've had intercourse. Nice job. You know, like I don't I don't know how else to word it. It's like a form of progression. It's your triple class in a multi class. You got your two <laughs> classes then when you through you'll be non-virgin which is your your third (laughs) class that's true i guess when you think about it yeah i don't know i just i i i know for like i know there are games with with popular uh romance scenes like dragon age where there are some genuine ones out there when i say i use the word romance specifically because there are definitely like sex in games has never done it for me ever but i don't mean like like hormonally by the way i'm talking like just like feeling Story an intimate wise. connection just yeah, yeah furthering a character development it it doesn't ever do anything for me um there was one i really did like it was in dragon age inquisition of all games um it was the woman in the gold dress i forgot her name um oh yeah so uh not so um i'm playing that role. Well, I thought, I I thought her name it. was Sophia for a sec too, but uh, that's what I thought too. But yeah, she's the she's sort of French sounding and looking yeah. anyway. She's the the one who handles your political. Yeah, and yeah. I just thought that was a pretty genuine take. I don't know. It, it's one that stuck with me, I guess. And sure, um, obviously Bastila. That's one that I thought was genuine. There wasn't any like hokey pokey shit going on. It was just you know, uh, two people who who were really immature towards each other, kind of like warming up. And I really like that. Um, yeah, man, I, I, I guess I just like the more genuine stuff in games. I feel like it's, it translates better. You can understand a little bit better. 
Um, and, and just, I don't know, other than the fact that like, I gotta be honest, man. Like, I feel like that you're not, you're not pumped because your character's having sex. You want to be having sex, right? Like, isn't that the, isn't that really it underneath it all? Yeah. Like that's maybe the, and that's why, maybe that's why it doesn't work for me or whatever, but it's also the uncanny <laughs> Valley, but here's why I brought it up because people were talking about Tifa and all that stuff. And I was like, yeah, you know, and, and I joked about it even in my review, but what, to me, what bothers me is. They're always relegated to A, B, B, A. Like, you're comboing through your narrative. It's like, I like you. Tell me about your past. I like you. Tell me about your dad. I like you. Tell me about your brother. Let's fuck. Like, that's yeah. it. Yeah. And yeah. I I just don't think... I know people brought up Witcher 3, and I, I steadfastly disagree and find that those are... They're, they're handled in a goofy way, which probably makes people comfortable, but I just don't think they're handled in a... It needs to take a long time, unless it's a one night stand kind of thing. It needs and it needs to have some emotional resonance, and I think um, few games even get that far, let alone to the sex stage. Yeah. So that's just me. And then yeah. the other game, um, or did I, or was the other one a joke? Oh, uh, we, we how can, many takes? How many takes do Carrick and Maddie take to pr- actually prior to the recording? We've taken a, we've taken quite a few. Yeah, quite a few. There's Depends. Definitely... Sometimes it's this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely, like, for us, that just natural element where we usually, in one take, just start. And if I stumble in the intro, we're not like, okay. Yeah, that is true. Yeah, we're we're just, let's roll with it. Because for us, like, we don't get nervous before the show, or at least I don't. I'm sure you don't, yeah. Which, it's more so, like, if you get your stutter out of the way early or your stumble, which I do easily every episode, um... I don't know. It just loosens things up right away. Like we're the second we start laughing and having a good time is, is the, the second the show feels like really on. Yeah. And yeah. So for us, that's why we like to just boom, record, let's go through it. But not too technically much when it comes to technical issues, we yes. do have a lot. That's Holy sort smokes, of what I yes. meant is yes. technically yeah. we, we fucking people wrestle just, with shit for like half an hour before we start. Dude, recording. <laughs> yeah. It was a half an hour. It was more than half an hour. People just don't get it. it, it it's fucked crazy lately how long our podcast my podcast was a half an hour late because of technical issues maddie's was a half an hour late because technical mm-hmm. issues that kind of stuff it is surprising and i think people just think it is just oh okay they're hitting record this time it's like now nah, we tried that bro Tried yeah. that. <laughs> yeah yeah like i had to <laughs> update. I, like i was just telling carrick how before this i was using shadow play to, to record i recorded some new vegas gameplay and uh, <laughs> and literally 30 minutes later, after I was like rendering the video and hopping in the podcast to start up Shadow Play to record our faces for you guys uh, who are watching on YouTube, it, it wasn't working. And I it, all of a sudden, I had to update my entire graphics driver. And it's like, why? Why all of a sudden? What happened in this last half hour? Uh, and that's, yeah. that's why I don't like computers. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy, man. It's crazy how something can be so well planned and then just legit fall apart. In the same, mm-hmm. like, six seconds. Yeah. Kopi, has a video game ever had a theme or plot that centered around a specific idea you found intriguing? If so, did it eventually lead to you probing around the internet, researching said topic? In example, researching, say, the practicality of teleportation because of Portal. Mm. I got one. I think uh, with Nier Automata, when I finished this, I really don't like to... And this is going to sound like a pride thing. It kind of is, I guess, but I don't like to like once I beat a game, search around the internet immediately and 
solve it for myself. I kind of like to let it dissolve, absorb it, digest it, whatever other words you'd like to describe it as, uh, and just think it out myself before I start looking for other people's conclusions they've drawn. Um, but I, I will say I did, after I finished Nier Automata, start looking up like existentialism and just like mm. purpose of life and all that stuff. I just was kind of curious about that central theme of the game, but it's really rare for me. Um, cause I do believe with a lot of games, there are themes and inspirations that are clear, but some people will like take it a step too far and take like one sentence out of a side companions conversation and draw it back to like something that happened in the 1500s and, and how now, like, I don't know. They just connect way too many dots. And, uh, that's not me. I don't like, I, I like to analyze, but I don't like to go unrealistic with some of the connections. So sometimes I don't like to d- dive into thematics personally. No, I would actually agree with that. Cause I was just talking about that in your disc, um, where somebody it, it was talking about like long drawn out critiques. And I was like, you know, I, I I have difficulty. I've had difficulty lately watching them, mostly because a developer had told me how often they're wrong, and that mm-hmm. in that they they put far more emphasis on things than the developer ever did. But of course, no developer would ever want to. It's great, you know. They're very happy that somebody's covering the game. They're 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 ecstatic about it, so they would never say anything negative. And it doesn't have to be right. Book critics, you know, will say, I think this is on the theme of blah, blah, blah. But what happens is a lot of times people put their foot down. They're like, like you said, one little sentence. And they're like, this, this is actually referencing the 1700 battle of, and you're just like, is it? Did yeah. the developer, did the developer go and make sure that every single thing in the world referenced something else? And no, they didn't, obviously. So yeah, sometimes they're just doing something. <laughs> sometimes it. they're just talking about, yeah, junk. <laughs> You're just yeah. like, no, nah, it's definitely about. It's not. So yeah, yeah. It's it's definitely a. It's it's a weird. It's a weird thing I've found difficulty lately watching. I still try to watch them, but I've I've noticed I've I've been having a harder and harder time jumping into the long stuff. Yeah, like I, I always try to connect it back to what I do for a living, and I think to myself, if I've got time to watch someone else's long-winded critique, which isn't a bad thing. Like, I've enjoyed uh, one of our guests on the show, Luke Stevens, his critiques I like. Um, but if I've got time to watch, like, a movie worth of content, um, which is not You'll a bad thing. do I a just, movie's worth of content. I, I was going to say, I'll get inspired <laughs> halfway through and yeah. be like, I'm going to go do my own thing. Like, I like this idea. What game do I feel passionate enough about to do that for? Um, right. And so that's kind of the blessing and a curse of just being a creative is like you just want to end up doing it yourself not because you think someone did it in a flawed manner you just want to do it that's it you're like man this is cool um it's not it's not hard to get inspired i guess so that's a good thing um kylan521 asks us uh, a really great question should i try to get a ps vita to play persona 4 golden is the system itself worth getting for one game. I'm asking because I did the same thing to play Persona 5, and I finally completed the game the other night. One of the best games I've played in my life. Thanks, and be safe, you and Carrick. Oh, and Persona 5, thank you. the Phantom Thieves edition, is coming in the next week for me. Yeah, yes, thank you for telling us to stay safe. We hope you're doing well, Kylan. Um, Carrick, have you, you have you played Persona 4 Golden at all? I know I've played it a ton of times. I own it. You own it? And, it. Mm-hmm. and um... I don't remember even why I own it. I think <laughs> one of my friends played it and I was over. 
And I, I loved the idea of it. And then instead got back into persona with persona five. Yeah. Makes sense. Um, Kylan, I have a video, uh, on Colin's last stand. For those who don't know, I do a little bit of uh, YouTube work for him every other week. And uh, my first video there is called buying a PS Vita in 2020, an investment in history. Um, and it's sort of documenting the, the history of the Vita as well as some of its popular games, some which have been ported to the PS4, which I do note. Um, but I also highlight some of the exclusive stranded there. So I have like a full dedicated nine minute, vi- nine minute video on Colin's last stand. I would really recommend watching that. If you're thinking about buying the whole system for one game, I will say this. When I bought my Vita, uh, I did buy it for Persona, but I did not buy it only planning on playing Persona. Uh, I have a friend who did buy a Vita to play Persona. He did not regret it. So Mm. take that as you will, but know this. You started with Persona 5, and while 4 Golden is absolutely still my favorite, it's 5 improves on everything 4 did a million times more. Oh my god, it's insane. Like The difference is insane. Like The dungeons, like the the palaces, I should say, that you like in 5 are not that good in four um they have good themes uh music is great but you know when it comes to like the 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 verticality the exploration the style the flair you're not getting that in persona Forest dungeons it, it was a ps2 game from 2008 originally um but there's a lot of great amazing characters some of my favorite um one of my favorite stories ever uh just uh, easily the best soundtrack ever <laughs> like a lot of best ever's here and i don't say that hyperbole with hyperbole it's it's my second favorite game of all time i, I love persona or i'm sorry third uh i love persona 4 golden with all my heart so i recommend it a lot but make sure you look at the vita's expensive lot expansive not expensive uh library and see if it's worth pulling the trigger first because while persona 4 golden is very good in my opinion uh, I would not want you to spend a hundred bucks just to play one game. I would rather you yeah. get your money's worth and get get a, a batch of them at least. Um, it's a, a JRPG machine. It's a JRPG machine. So if you like JRPGs, you'll find a lot there and and you'll be in good luck. And you can play Danganronpa there. So there you go. All right, VR row. If you could live in a video game world, which would you pick? I would probably pick Mass Effect. We have definitely answered this before. Mass Let's Effect. switch it up again. What world now? What world's coming to mind now? We'll just do a quick rapid fire um, on that. Uh, probably, I was trying to think if it was as dangerous. Um, probably Jade Empire. I do like the martial arts stuff of Jade Empire. I don't think it was as full out as um, Mass Effect. You know, Mass Effect's got three games, so I guess mm-hmm. that makes sense. I'm going to say, I'm going to switch it up, and this time I'm going to say Dragon Ball. I'm going to say Dragon Ball because if I die, I come back a little more powerful. Yeah, exactly. So... I'm, You're like I'm the winning, emperor. I'm winning no matter what. Yeah, I'm winning no matter what. <laughs> All right, Crazy Herb. With the recent announcements of Bioshock and Crisis coming to Switch, what is your dream Switch port excluding Fallout games, you son of a bitch? That was my answer. Um, do you have a dream Switch port? It's funny that's come to this point. We have we have dream ports. <laughs> well, I would. I, I mean, yes, and it's being made. See, that's the issue is because I would have, um, I think prior to this, when it was always brought up, we were always talking about XCOM. Mm-hmm. so yeah. to me XCOM being made is like it's sort of that fulfills my desire at least for right now for any games on the switch that's yeah. the one i want to see and play i would say uh excluding pers- uh excluding fallout i would choose persona whether it's five four three uh or, not sure yeah persona i would yeah. I, I think those are stupidly well fit for the switch and i imagine 
no matter what Sega and Atlas have said, I imagine they are definitely looking at getting five on the Switch somehow. If they can get Catherine on Switch, uh, which runs on similar uh, technology, I'm pretty sure it was the framework for Persona 5, if I if I remember correctly. I'd have to research that, so don't take my word for it. But um, if they can get Catherine on there, I'm pretty confident they can get Persona 5 on there at some point. They're definitely testing something out by putting that game on that console. Um, so for me, it would definitely be a, a range of Persona games. I would love nothing more. Uh, Destroy the Grave asks us, for a friend, how do I get rid of slash kill the boogeymen that live in my closet? You just get up and go after it. I've had dreams, man, where like I've had someone under the bed, someone out in the closet. And I just like get this superhuman strength. I fucking yank them out. And like, they're, I just like throw them in the air and just, that's it. That sounds like a dragon ball. That's a dragon ball cartoon (laughs) turned into a, turned into a dream. Yeah. I mean, that's the best feeling is when you not like lucid dream, but you take over, right? Like it's like someone's driving the car and you just get in the, in, in the, behind the steering wheel. That's the best feeling in a dream, especially when you're in a fight. I love yeah, fighting in dreams. Yeah. I love scrapping in my dreams. <laughs> I always have an issue with running in my dreams where I oh, feel yeah. like I'm running in sand every time. And I don't oh, know yeah. why. I don't, it's always an issue. So like if like I'm fighting somebody, I'm fine. And then they'll run and I'll be like, yeah, I can never yeah. get inertia going. It's the weirdest thing. Or or mine is I get too much momentum. So I'm running. and I'm like, man, I'm catching up to this piece of shit. And then like. Pass by I just I, I just like can't stop and my body's just like carrying me and all of a sudden I fall through the floor and I'm in like a new world now and just I don't know man dreams are freaking weird I I have the weirdest dreams sometimes but um they're usually fun I've had some sad dreams lately but you know what are you gonna do can't really control it all right Dino if you could make a Star Wars RPG unlimited budget with an unlimited budget, what would you create? And are you happy or annoyed that Disney is nerfing force powers in games? <laughs> are they? I don't know. Are they nerfing? Yeah, I don't know. If, I, I don't, don't know, know about that second that. part. But uh, obviously, I think we'd both make a, a, a nice Knights of the Old Republic game with an unlimited budget. Yeah, but you know, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, we would. Uh, but I'm wondering, Oops. if we had an unlimited budget, is there something that possibly, like, hasn't been done? Um, a Star Wars game that allows you to not only, like, do beautiful starship fights, but also is, like, open world and has, like, better lightsaber combat than Jedi Fallen Order, but also has shooting better than Battlefront. That's what I would do. You know, just, okay, if we got this unlimited budget, just do... <laughs> yeah, right. I <laughs> mean, whenever anybody says better. unlimited budget, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just like, well, then I would just get the best of everything and hope it worked out. Yeah. I don't know. I've always thought, like... I don't know how you would do it. I still think 1313 would have been close. Sounds strange, but 1313's idea was to have, you know, not be a Jedi game. And I think that we need that because Republic Commando showed, uh, even though I wasn't as I did like it, but I know a lot of people that like they love Republic Commando. And it's because it shows another world. And I just think that it would have been nice to have 1313 where you were like a mercenary. Maybe you had to worry about Jedi. You you weren't a Jedi. Every game is always about the Jedi. So it would be that would be that Mm -hmm. would be interesting to see. I just don't know what unlimited budget. I mean, they've already got an MMO with eight stories in it. And regardless of some of the other issues with that game 
I have to say the story has turned out pretty goddamn well. Yeah. So agreed. How, What's it? Oh, so, oh sorry. sorry. No, go on. What were you going to say? Just going to ask us, how old were we or how long ago did that come out? KOTOR, uh, SKOTOR, whatever the fuck, however you pronounce it. SWOTOR, um, I want to say Swotor. it was 2010, I believe. Uh, You're telling 20... me that game is 10 years old? Yeah, man. Dude. I remember when I was. insane. Uh, I might be a little bit younger than that, but I do remember when I first started looking into a PC, I that was the first game I was eyeing down. I wanted more of the Old Republic. Mm-hmm. And um, that was like, I was looking up like combo deals that came with the game and stuff. I never pulled the trigger, obviously, um, but it was, it was Yeah, great, 2011. Man. Yeah, you're right. Oh, wow. Okay. That's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. Still, still alive and kicking. Still good. Yeah, I would recommend yeah, people try it out. Yeah, and just released a huge um what do you call it a huge expansion too yeah yeah i remember that was in development for a while uh johnny ec asks us what's a pc game you'd recommend that does choices right where you can see both sides of the argument and isn't a choice a is good while choice b is bad so i guess a moral gray area um choice on a pc divine divinity oh made prior to the divinity original sin games by those guys yeah I don't think I've got a good old school selection like that. I could just say like Fallout 2, but uh, you know that's definitely cheating a little bit. I imagine it's also hard for black a gray world, right? Because most games are black and white on purpose. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's just some are more blatant than others. Um, Yeah. Some are like, do you want to kill them or do you want to let them live? And then some are like, do you want to let them walk out into the desert alone with no water? (laughs) <laughs> or do you want to stab them? And I would, well, <laughs> I would say actually, uh, Jade Empire. Uh, I know, mm-hmm. I know you you yeah. like to go to that one a lot. But when I think yeah. about it, that that one you can play on backwards compatibility. It is available on PC. Um, but I just remember this one quest that happened inside a cave where it was. I think someone was getting mugged or or something like mm-hmm. that, and you're just like, oh god, no one's winning here. Or the the school side quest. Mm-hmm. Just that's what ghost. I thought you were going to go with. Yeah, yeah, that one too. You're just like son of a bitch yeah it, that game is yeah you, you want to talk about one that you're not winning on some choices that's absolutely it and really to explain how much you cannot win you can miss out on martial arts in that game if you take the good choice because there's two martial arts that are evil based and if you I don't take that, the though. evil based choice you uh, so do i yeah. i thought it was awesome and i didn't even know it was there and then i read on like game facts and they were like oh if you want the hidden what is it hidden it's the one where you put the hand behind yourself and you put your arm in a well, blade. Well, I played it's as like... good guy in my first playthrough. I've only played. So the game you didn't once. get that one then? Yeah. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. yeah, but that's a that's a it's a great game, and I, I hope it does come back. I remember there was like rumors Shit, that yeah. it was it was going to come back. Um, he also asks us the very kind question of outside of games, how are you guys holding up? What are you guys doing with your free time, honing a skill, relaxing, etc.? Mine is sucked cock. Holy shit. <laughs> really? Dude, yeah, it's been a disaster. Sorry, I mean, I'm not laughing at you. Just no, your, I know you're not. Your, 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 I, terminolo- your terminology man. just caught me off guard, and usually I'm pretty uh, keyed in on what I can expect from yeah. you. <laughs> I've had nothing but fucking disaster after disaster in the last couple of days. And I, I, I'm usually the guy, I'm like, well, I'm not dying of cancer, so what? But even I posted, tweeted about it yesterday. I was just like, I remember Dude. seeing that. Seriously, yeah. success is fucking becoming hard to... Yeah, dude, it was like, and it was expensive stuff that broke. And it was just like, mm. it was one of those things where it's a hobby. Like you imagine if you grabbed your deck of cards and they had all got waterlogged. 
I guess, would be the I've had that right. Happen. I've, yeah. I've had, I always have this cup over here, and one time I went to reach for my lamp, boom, knocked it over. Cards were all over, just yeah. soaked. I was like, there's and, and hundreds of dollars gone. <laughs> the airsoft guns were in a garage, and I thought, I mean, I, I did every, I spent a lot of money making sure that there was no water, it wasn't humid or whatever. And I guess I didn't do enough because I've had, I mean, six or seven of them pulled, I pulled out to, to do a video for patrons and they all were broken. And I was wow. just like, Oh, are you, and they're new and well, we're not new, but they're not the old, old guns. Gotcha. And that just sucks. Cause that's my hot. That's like my fun too. Yeah, so it's like, not hobby. only that's is, yeah. Things. And it's fun for friends and those guns they would use. So now I got to figure out, it's like, I don't have the money to rebuy guns. So I have to repair them, which is disaster. just little shit yeah. like that. And then health stuff. I was supposed to get surgery prior to this shit going nuts. Mm-hmm. And so now we're screwed. Like, they're just like, no, we're not doing any surgeries. And I I have yeah. two surgeries I'm supposed to get done, and I have a cavity. First one in my life. First cavity oh, in my life. I've never got a cavity, and yeah, my tooth started I mean, hurting. I and hear I like, that. I had a uh, a pretty bad balance disorder that, thank God, has faded over time. But it was partially induced by sinuses. I had to take two nose sprays and, <laughs> like, two different types of pills uh, since PAX. And... Mm. um finally i guess something in my sinuses started to loosen up but what would happen is if i was looking at my phone and my head was down um or if my eyes were being stimulated which video games right. i would start to almost like wobble. lean yeah. yeah like you'd start to lose balance because of something in my sinuses and it was yeah i started going to an ent and that's where i got the medication things died down and every now and then it, it flares up a little bit with my allergies like they're they're kind of in sync so you know that's what's causing it but I hear that in the sense of like this started to pick up and I'm like, dude, I want to I want to make sure I can at least like look at a screen without being like, oh, God, I'm going to fall over you know, or like feeling just uncomfortable would be the best description. Really one of the, the weirdest things that's happened to me, man. It was it was strange. Yeah, it sucks, too, because like mine, I didn't go in and I thought I was fine. And now it hurts like fucking hell. And so it's like mm. my gut hurts because I have torn muscle that they can't repair. My back hurts because right. I broke my back when I was younger and I need that repaired. And now my tooth hurts. And so what I was telling my wife a couple of days ago, I'm like, I feel like I went from fucking 20 to 80 age wise yeah. in yeah. like a weekend. I'm because I'm normally not a person who's in pain. I mean, I'll be in pain from lifting weights, but you're you know mm. that, right? You're like, is it like a hernia? In, in uh, yeah, I, I split. Well, yeah, but I split both stomach muscles completely separate oh. when I was lifting. So yeah. those were separated for years. But because my back was OK, they were like, eh, let's because when you go in, your incidence is pretty high of having it again. I was like, fuck, man, I don't want to because it's, it's sort of a harsh surgery, long um, recovery. My wife's a little 105 pound Asian chick, so she's not going to be picking me out of bed. And yeah. I'm like, try. Yeah, I was trying. To, I mean, we were thinking like, do we hire somebody to come and like help me out of bed? And then my back and my back started hurting one day and then my hip. And I was like, what the fuck? And a lot of it's from stupid stuff when I was young. Like yeah. I went through a window when I was young and then I broke my hip and then I broke my back and it was just like, and I was getting ready to do it. We were looking up surgeons without malpractice. You've been talking you know? about that for about a year. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. Well, that's how long you want to yeah. make sure you do it right. Right. Cause it was just like, Absolutely. I'm not going to pay 20 grand or whatever, go in and have them be like, yeah, it didn't work out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I agree. Have you ever had a cavity? Cause this is the first cavity I've ever uh, had when I was a kid, dude. I didn't know what tooth pain was. Cause I just never have tooth pain. And a couple weeks ago, I, I don't know if you saw me. I had Ambisol, which is a painkiller, and went during your podcast. Somebody tweeted me 
DM'd me, sorry, and was like, what are you putting on your gums during Maddie's podcast? Because in your podcast, I'm you would see me <laughs> squirt this thing and go, Really? I didn't notice that yeah, at all. Was yeah, I it was away? About three po- no, you were here. You were here, wow. but it was about three podcasts, and I was doing it a lot, but I, you know, I'm I'm animated. But uh yeah, it was because I didn't know what it was. I was like, I thought I got hit because you know, we're sparring. I thought it was like a loose tooth and you just wait for it to reseal, but instead yeah. I found out it was a cavity, and I'm like, fuck man. Wow. I don't even know. I don't even know what's in. I got to go figure out what's like involved. I've been lucky. My teeth are awesome. So not yeah, anymore, man. I guess. <laughs> Sorry to hear that. Yeah. Well, thank you for asking whoever asked. Uh, Johnny nice EC asked. Yeah, we but appreciate it. We that. both have dogs, which is a positive. Absolutely. Dogs are my saviors, man. Oh, God. Yeah. And my Fuck. dog has been a, a riot lately. He's been he's just been really funny. Uh, some nights I'll sleep out on the couch with him because duke he's getting a little older he's going to be 16 this year um so like he just like we he doesn't want to sleep sometimes by himself so he'll like come to my parents room and start like just hitting the door just hitting the door that's what mine does and i feel bad that sometimes my parents like will my mom will be up at like three in the morning and have to like go lay with the dogs and she can't fall back asleep so i i like last night i was like here let me just go lay with them and um you know, like right when I sat down, like Revan was in his other chair and like he got all excited when he saw me like being like, oh, shit, he's going to sleep out here. And like he immediately hopped up and just like laid next to me. And it was like, yeah, you know, it was one of those things where I was like, oh, I kind of needed that. And I didn't realize it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, dogs have been great during this time. Big Bad Wolf Hish says, hey, Maddie and Carrick, I follow a lot of FPS games, and even though I'm an RPG fan, recently I've seen an uptick in the amount of hackers in games like these. Do you think mm-hmm. this is possible due to the quarantine? Most people, More people equals more hackers, or could it be something else? I'm curious to hear your thoughts on the matter. Also, will you be trying out Trials of Mana? I yes, on the last. Oh, you will? I'm not. I played the demo not a fan i know you said that there were things that stuck out for you but i just graphically i, I really liked it but i mean it was just a demo yeah made turn it, out it, to be dog shit yeah i'm open to it if the reviews are good i'll hop right on it no doubt because i like the idea of there being like, what'd you not choice. like about the demo i didn't like the combat that much it felt very very floaty and the camera just was wonky like your character would be down on the bottom right corner of the screen and the camera would be like focused on the upper left and it just it was like Assassin's Creed Odyssey's camera, like, but it just something went wrong. Mm. Um, I, I was not a fan of that. Um, I'll fucking the hate the game acting, that, that didn't happen to me. But. Oh, really? Yeah. Maybe I played it on I Switch, and I think that was the only place. I don't know if it was the only place it was available on, but uh, the voice acting was atrocious, which I think is apparently like a, quali- a quality, if you will, a charm. Uh, I was reading comments and people were like, I love that. It's, it's not that good. It's corny. It's cheesy. I'm like, okay, I can, I can understand that. Uh, certainly I like games that don't have the best voice acting. So I, I get that. Uh, but it definitely didn't like help me get invested. So I'm just, it was one of those games where I did say like, I'm going to wait to see if people see something in this. And if they do, I will give it a more open chance, but I played a couple hours on the demo and thought enough's enough. That's what's great about a demo. Yeah, no, yeah, no mistake in purchase on that one. Yeah, exactly. Save my money. Uh, as for the hackers, I think, yeah, it, it could be due to the quarantine. You just got more people with idle time that can just do things that they want. Um, but in the likes of Warzone, I think it would it would be inevitable anyway, just because there are so many people playing that and just looking to dismantle. Um, we see it in pretty much every online game. Fallout 76 certainly has uh, been hacked 
to shit. Um, so yeah, I, I guess I, I don't really bat an eye when I see these types of hacks. I've been affected by them too, but it's just like I just when they happen, I'm like, yep, yep. It's an online game. It's about what I expected. Mm-hmm. All right, let's move on to Mike Fury's questions. Mike, uh, some of these we have answered. So, oh shit, Mike. Yeah, yeah. We we uh, we are only going to use a couple. His first one is, how hyped are you guys for Streets of Rage 4, and what do you expect? I've never really played Streets of Rage. So Fucking can't you... wait, Mike. Nice. Yeah, it looked it looked interesting. Just a nice beat-em-up. Mm-hmm. That, that, that has been a really long time since they've had a new one, right? That's like, that was way back. And the guys figured out how to merge. I don't know if you watched, it, it doesn't sound like maybe follow, but they, some, they sort of figured out how to graphically merge current graphics with the pixel art from the original game. So you can choose skins of the original game and then have like, so one person can be one character with the current skin and the other person can be a character with the old pixelated skin. And somehow it actually sort of works. Yeah. It's, it'd be fun to check out. I like that. Yeah. I mean, I'm open to it. I love, it's a side scroller beat them up, right? It is indeed. It's a teenage mutant Ninja Turtles SNES style. I mean, I love that. That's that's one of my favorite games. So I would like that. Uh, half question, half recommendation. This is still for Mike Fury. Have you guys ever watched Westworld on HBO? If you haven't, as lovers of video games and RPGs, I highly recommend it. The show basically is based around a Red Dead Redemption-like world where humans pay a price to live out their Western fantasies, playing storylines, killing, and booping the host android beings that inhabit the Westworld, and basically is like a real-life interactive video game. Super interesting. Have yep. you, uh, I think you've watched Westworld. You've mentioned it before. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, maybe not in love with it as he is. Did you try it out? Uh, it's on my, on my, like on my list. I, I, I really do want to get to it. It's, it's definitely number one. Um, there's a lot. The issue is, is I, I shouldn't separate it, but I do like, I have games, books, TV, and then anime. And then anime often will take priority over TV. Cause there's oh, just so much of it that I, you mean I'm on a list in. of what you want to watch? You have like, like movies yeah. and then okay yeah yeah movies too and um so you've got all of these sections and I really should just do TV in general with the anime and the shows combined right. but I'll have them separated just mentally I do that where when I think of oh I have time to watch something I immediately go to anime and uh good thing and Dude, a bad thing you're in good shape you go to anime you haven't seen right you're new anime because there's so yeah many I watch new stuff yeah. I watch the same fucking show. I just watched Fringe. I think this is like the ninth time I've got through the entire season. But see, I need to so. do that more. I need to watch or repeat or do something more because what happens is I get all these different storylines in my head and I fucking <laughs> mix shit up when I'm talking. And it's yeah, that not, be, not a good look. Um, so, And it's impressive how much I've retained from all these various storylines and it's a testament to how good what people are producing is. But a year passes down and I'll think of a show I spent like eight hours grinding out, like 24 episodes. I'm like, man, what happened in that? And it's like, well, if you dedicated more time to it, isolated the experience a little more. Yeah, right. Um, that's what I try to do with my games. That's why I tell people when I'm prepping for reviews, I'm usually not playing more than two. And usually one yeah. of them's a mindless game. So that I'm a little more keyed in. All right. Uh, we're nearing the end here. Nick the Rocker 7, what is the most obscure game you guys have played? Mine was probably New Legends on the original Xbox. I haven't heard of that one. I, I think New Legends. I think seeing Legends reminds me of Untold Legends on the PSP. That's that's an obscure one that I really liked. It's kind of Diablo inspired, 
Um, I feel like I played that. Probably. I don't think it was like super underrated, but nowadays when you look at the likes of like Diablo, we had Marvel Heroes, Minecraft Dungeons now, like we have a lot of Diablo, Marvel Ultimate Alliance, we have a lot of like Diablo style games almost. Um, and Untold Legends was one of the building blocks that kind of separated itself from Diablo back then. Uh, like I said, it was on the PSP. I guarantee if you look up the box art, you'll see it and go like, oh. But uh, you know, this I really has like a, just so you know, I'm I'm pretty sure until Legends has a Android port. A what? Android uh, phone port. I'm pretty. I, oh, I think really? I I could be wrong, but I it was think also on the, the PS3. Okay, was, maybe that's there was I'm like a, a launch game on the PS3 that was Untold Legends. And my obscure one. I mean, I, dude, I played that way before most people were alive, so I won't mention those. But there's a game called Jason and the Argonaut: Rise of the. Oh and yeah. And it's basically I've told you this, but it's like yeah, Bioware, yeah. but it's Greek. And that game, I just got it again from Steam, and there's some control issues. I don't care. I, it, it, it. Almost nobody I know plays that game, but everybody I know who's played it and given it like it's just desserts. Are like, how is this not considered like? bioware how how did bioware not make this it feels that close <laughs> awesome. to bioware yeah that's awesome that would be mine all right rapid fire time to get through grade 851's final questions and then we're free for the weekend all right i was surprised by how much better final fantasy 7 remake looked and felt compared to final fantasy 15 which i tried at launch but couldn't really get into I guess they moved to Unreal Engine 4 starting with Kingdom Hearts 3. Bioware has had a rough generation trying to get Frostbite, the awful Frostbite engine, sorry, to get, uh, to do, (laughs) hold on, I saw a little bit ahead of what he said and I had to stop and laugh. Um, Bioware has had a rough generation trying to get the awful Frostbite engine to do, uh, to do genres other than FPS. Paragraph break, Maddie. Well, thank you. Thank you. See, he had all his thoughts put together. He was he was providing a bit of backstory, and then he said, paragraph break, Maddie, to let me know this is where it begins. How big of a difference does it make to developers to only worry about making their game without having to build their own engines as well? And I believe when you look at, like, a lot of studios, when Dishonored 1 came out, and then they were... Arcane was sort of off the grid for a while because they were working on the Void engine. And then in 2017, they released Dishonored 2, which was about five years later. So I think from what we've seen, normally they focus on the engine first while they, they you know, uh, what's the word? Pre-produce uh, the game. Assets. Yeah. Yeah. That's not the right word. I, I don't know why. I'm not remembering it right now. Pre-production. Uh, is there the, we go. Pre-production. What, yeah. yeah. Not pre-produce. Oh, um, pre-produce is what you, Yeah. Same thing. Same thing. Yeah. I get what you're saying. Um, but yeah, I, I think the, the engine always came first as far as I know that, or you have PlayStation who shares engines. Like they have the Decima engine, which was used in, uh, I believe it was horizon and, um, death stranding, man, that game came and went <laughs> Death stranding, yes. man. Wow. You're talking about Death? Yeah. Very yeah. much so. Came and went. Um, but yeah, am I, am I, am I putting it together properly? Is there anything you wanted to add to that? Other than I completely disagree with him in all ways, shapes, and form, that Uh-oh. seven is much better looking than fifteen. I'm, yeah, I mean, I'm literally playing fifteen models. right now, and I'm sorry. Yeah, exactly what Maddie said. Uh, un, un, unless you're talking about the character models, and even then, not fantastically different. 
I mean, 15 does some crazy shit. Seven doesn't even attempt. Seven has places, guys, where you're walking down a fucking pipe that isn't even textured right. Have so, you, uh, what did you think? And this isn't, we're not going to get into why you're there or, or spoilers of any kind, but there is a part in Seven Remake where you're climbing a very tall structure and you can sort of see around you everything. And there's like a little sunset. Do you do you have the idea of where I'm talking about? What did you yes. think of that? Because I thought it kind of looked like shit. Okay, so I'm thinking we're talking about the same thing because there's actually yeah. it's there, later there, in the game. Okay, it's and it happens and looks like shit as well. Prior, there is a scene where you're doing the same thing where you're in the in a city in the old part of the town and you're mm. with a certain character. And you climb up and one of your people put in the discord, the picture of it. And I said, yeah. it looks like your colors are off. And we had, it was Dow and we had some discussion about colors and that part. I also feel it, all those, those big parts look weirdly rough. Yeah. Anything that had like a, what's normally in another game, like beautiful draw distance where you see something. Wow, what a beautiful big world. In this game, it was like, what is happening down there? And the pop-in... Uh, okay, sorry, I can't remember. You've already reviewed this, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So people watching are... Okay, I'm not going to spoil it for people watching. I want to make sure. Yeah. Um, but the the uh, the more condensed part of the town, when you go into it and you go to the arena and you start mm -hmm. fighting, all that place looked cool, but there's a shit ton of NPC pop-in. A, yeah. a fucking... A, a, a metric shit ton and um admittedly i don't really have an issue with that that kind of stuff comes up but i personally believe that we will find out in a year that there were some technical issues and that's For why sure. we got the low the low textures why we got the scene you're talking about and why there is one particular scene i am telling you i can't believe it's in the game and that's the motorcycle chase I don't understand why that shit ass nasty looking PS3 level part is in a game. Yeah. I don't even understand what is occurring in it. It is it's bad control, it's bad look, it's bad gameplay, and it's short luckily. But I am I am under the impression that some shit that when all these developers were passing the game and it was being canceled and re restarted and all that stuff I have this weird feeling some parts we saw were old, if mm -hmm. that makes sense, and got like they liked the idea, and some parts got in the game. My God, I was chopping wood. Look like oh, a wow. fucking look at that. Look, look all that. dirty. And here I am telling people to wash their hands. Anyway, <laughs> hey, but, you're in your uh, own backyard. Did you feel the same way about the motorbike? Um, I kind of liked like the idea. Like, okay, we're doing something a little bit different. It was just I didn't like when the, the accelerating and braking. Didn't oh feel my. like you were doing anything. Anything. And that's, that's what I didn't like. <laughs> and then it just felt on rails at that point. And it just really bugged me. Like if you were holding R2 to accelerate, you weren't technically going faster if no one was there. You were just right. going. You and were going. Honestly, going. what would have benefited them is if they just put like a point where the level does end. And so that mm -hmm. accelerating and that braking did work. But instead it's this endless. It reminded me of like Shenmue 1 where you're just on yep. this bike going around uh, this whole highway for like 10 minutes. Listen in that game, you're just listening to a song. It's supposed to be an emotional point in the game, but uh, man, did that one not land for me either. But yeah, in, in Final <laughs> yeah. Fantasy seven remake uh, it, yeah, it's not its strongest point. It was not yeah. so bad that it affected Weird. like how I viewed it. Um, oh no, no, viewed... no, no, no. It's three minute, three yeah. or five minute scene. 
So. It's just, it comes up twice. I think they were pretty self-aware that it wasn't the best part, so you know they just tossed it in. Or when you go into the fucking major guy's uh, place, uh, the little Asian pagoda place in the city, and it loads a cutscene every time because they're hiding the loading of the city. So mm-hmm. every fucking time you go over the bridge, it's like yeah. you start to walk over the bridge, and you can tell. You literally can feel the cutscene, and it's like yeah. cutscene. <laughs> that game is uh, that game is going to get torn apart down the line for one it thing. Will. It's the, it the invisible the invisible loading screens where you like yeah. crawl between a rock and a wall and it's very right. slow and you're like they're loading something and now something's coming and, and no collision just, detection yeah. at times. Like the the thing will be ten feet away and your character. <laughs> yeah, he's just it's still good game. It. Good game. Yeah, it is. Uh, question number two: Would you recommend Persona Five Royal or the All in One Kingdom Hearts Collection? Paragraph break. Never played any games in the series. My interest is peaked a bit after the remake. I just know P5 has that cat caricates because of the time management. <laughs> is that any better in Royal? Yes, and I'll and answer that right away. It's much better. Yeah. Persona much all better. the way on that decision. I would say so as well. Yeah. I, I think Kingdom Hearts has a charm. I was saying on Laylee and I's podcast that uh, I've kind of become less of a Kingdom Hearts fan over the years and just a Kingdom Hearts 2 fan. And I think there's a difference there because two is just, it's got everything. It's got the great story, uh, even though it's a little confusing, but it's got a great story. It's got the Kingdom Heart, or I'm sorry, the uh, Disney bosses. It's got a lot of Final Fantasy cameos. The combat's great. It's got the forms, tons of Keyblades, replayability. Uh, there's just a lot there. And I, I mean, I like other Kingdom Hearts games. I like most of them. Um, but I realized what made me fall in love with the series was two. I haven't loved anything quite like two in that series, even three. I, I enjoyed it, but um, as a fan, the other thing, man, is that Final Fantasy VII Remake really hurt my thoughts on on Kingdom Hearts 3 because I was looking at it like, man, did they do that game dirty. They re- like When you look at the effort that was put into Seven Remake in a lot of areas, and then you look at Kingdom Hearts 3, which was anticipated for arguably longer. Right. <laughs> it just not even close, man. And I understand they switched engines and whatnot, but that game just, it's not awful, but it, uh, I just don't like Kingdom Hearts as much nowadays. Uh, well, you're the just, one who stopped me from playing it. Yeah, it's just I, too I messy. I played it, and yeah, it's, when I talked to you, that's what you said. It's and cute, it's easy, it's, right? Yeah, it's cute. It's fun. If you don't care about that and you just want to enjoy Disney and Final Fantasy, it is good. But there's a story there that could be a lot better. And it's just very confusing because of tons of timelines and timeline yeah. resets and uh, uh, additions of like nobody's heartless. And you're like, who's what? What's going on? And even I, who's like I said, played them all, paid really close attention to the lore. Just it's still confusing. And at that point, is it my fault or the game's fault? And so I would say just go with Persona Five Royal. I would say you know that's a replayable game, hundred plus hours. You can get a lot of content there, and it's it's probably one of the best exclusives to come out on the PS4. Very much so. Uh, last question, which I don't think we can do. It says, can you guys do a spoiler talk about Final Fantasy VII Remake? And um, that would be that would be a whole episode, if I'm honest. There's just way too much and to I go And I don't over. know if... We, I mean, I don't even know how to re- react to content. I haven't made any other content on... Hmm. I, uh, I have an ending explained video. I had it ready... Mm, do you? ...last Friday. But then... Uh, when we were talking to Juicehead, remember, like he he showed me that news article about like the gold bullions and stuff in '76 and everything yeah. that was coming in. So yeah. I was like, okay, I know Final Fantasy VII remakes 
hitting off, but I also remembered it just came out a day, the day of us recording. So I was like, okay, I'm just going to not force out this ending explain video. Then Monday rolls around. It just like everything, just Wastelanders kept ramping up, kept ramping up, mm-hmm. ramping up. Then I did impressions. Uh, then I asked, like I answered the question, should people buy it? Things you should know. And it just, they kept building. And so now finally, I think that uh, Monday will be the day that video hits. Um, cool. It's But it's been ready since last friday um and and so it's a if you're looking for that great ape uh it's a it's a pretty extensive 12 minute breakdown of not only my thoughts on the ending but also what the hell happens <laughs> it's because it's kind of confusing yeah i i think i pretty much get it but i uh i like the game i, I think it can man. sound like we're hanging it can sound like we're banging on the game but i'm i'm really not like i actually there's hey you critique things you love it was self. It was a. It was a self-contained title that was quite enjoyable with some confusing stuff. But that's why I'm not doing Kingdom Hearts because when all when I talk to all you guys and you guys play it all the time and you're like, I have no clue what's happening. Fuck you, man. I'm not touching. I'm not touch. <laughs> yeah. Like, and then I started reading up on it and I was like, dude, I don't even get like nine nine percent of this. Yeah, it was ridiculous. Yeah, man. It's just, I don't know. I I, I just. Kingdom Hearts is just a series that I, I wish I loved as much as I did when I was a kid. I do. But uh, unfortunately, we can't have everything we want. But that uh, that wraps up all of our questions. That wraps up uh, everything we have for the show this week, Carrick. Um, it's funny. At 54 minutes, we started the patron questions. And I said, we might get through this pretty fast. We're at uh, well over two hours. <laughs> That's me usually because I always go off on a tangent. Uh, I'm guilty too. I'm guilty too. We got two chatterboxes here. Speaking of a tangent, I do have to ask you real quick. Do you okay. know or have heard of a Toy Story 4 game at all? Because I haven't. And I was just wondering if you would. Oh, I wish. No, but nothing. I wish. No. Have you? No, no, no. That's why I was asking. I, I've been really like sort of if whatever game I'm covering is the only one looking at because there's a everything's moving it's hard to even know when a game is going to be available for a review or anything um but that game popped up the toy story 3 popped up and then you mentioned kingdom hearts and i was like another cool toy game is uh you know toy story and i was just wondering if maybe there was a yeah. four that would be that would have been a really good thing to say during our obscure game section toy story 3 that game is just yeah oh that game's great man i, I don't think people really realize just how ahead of, like how good that game is now yeah, as in, I, play, like, I played it last year. It's still really yeah, good. Yeah, now it's really good. Yeah. Highly recommended. 20 bucks on Xbox downloadable. Um, I don't think it's much cheaper online physical either because that's where I first looked. Mm. Uh, but that'll do it for our show this week. We thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, if you got this far, use the hashtag Chatterbox. Chatterbox. Yeah. Tag us. Let us know you got this deep. We appreciate you guys. And uh, Carrick, any final words? negative enjoy your weekend everybody stay safe all right take care everyone as carrick said stay safe and we will see you guys next week peace out our bodies come in different shapes and sizes so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too that's the beauty of noom they build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions medical issues and other personal needs so your plan works for you Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. 
And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M dot com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold.